Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I will start. This is a big moment for the podcast, and I'm not talking about the thousand subscribers that we have on YouTube. I'm not talking about the almost ten thousand listeners and watches we have per week on this podcast. I'm not talking about the over two hundred patrons we have on Patreon. All beautiful things, and we absolutely love every each and every one of you here at Backchat, don't we, Dan? We do absolutely. I'm talking about the fact that I'm about to eat a fillet of fish to start this episode. A foff. Mm. And not just the fillet of fish, you're doubling it up. I mean, we got you the double. So we got the double. It's it, it's not a fillet of fish. It's it's a fillet of fish, isn't it? Isn't it? Someone tried to be a bit fancy with the pronunciation. Well, what's it called? I go the fillet. Just keep you just it, said fillet. Fillet, yeah. Fillet of fish. Yeah, fillet of fish. Yeah. All right. So if anyone who's been listening is tuning in, that's what we're doing off the top here. So Dan's gonna keep us running through the podcast while I. I Try to keep the vomit out of my <laughs> mouth as I eat this double so, fillet of fish. And yeah. why am I eating this? Because all right, I'm going to start eating. Yeah, go for it. Um, so you went the wish, double, which genuinely is wish me luck. Everybody <laughs> who's listening or watching, good god. So the great thing about the fillet is that the the patty is usually off center, which is a great thing to always why is look that because to recenter it, maybe just to make it look a bit. Oh, so is it meant to be off? I don't know. It just always is. I've never had a fillet of fish. There you go. I've got to talk you through it a bit. There's yeah. cheese on it. I didn't know there was cheese. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I, I didn't say that with excitement. Bun. Yeah. So basically, uh, earlier, well, late last week, Thursday-ish, you said on our Instagram, you said, uh, we need to get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers. We're very close. Yes. We're about 30 or 40 off. You sort of put it out as a challenge. I mean, in fairness, it's not very close. Like, 30 or 40 away. It's taken us, I don't know, like four months to get to 1,000. So 40 yeah, yeah. is a big jump. Yeah, yeah, it's significant. And everyone rallied around the situation. I didn't think it was going to happen, is what I'm trying to say. I knew. It I wasn't like people. there was two subscribers we needed and we just needed mum and dad to yeah. sign up. Like, there was a fair few that needed to get around it. And I yeah. thought, you know, well, I'll just throw it. I'll throw it out. Yeah. I'll eat a fillet of fish if we get there. Yeah. And what you're about to do is embark on the double. I'm, um, I'm, eating, I'm having a bite right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, have a bite. And so we did. We got to the thousand. I think we're over the – we're obviously over the thousand now. I think we might be like 1,000 – and ten, and Will was speechless because it's just blowing his mind that for so long you've rallied against this meal, it and did, like I, I, I really, 
I just had a mouthful. I've just swallowed it. Um, I, I really, I mean, coming here tonight, I knew that this is what was going to be happening. You know, and I really haven't, uh, you know, I had an open mind. I thought. Do you mind if I just start on mine? Because, no. <laughs> of course, I got one. Are you going to have one? Yeah, I got one here. I mean, I really had an open mind in terms of the quality. I mean, you've talked it up, and yeah, it's a bit of banter. And I say, oh, you know, how disgusting, fillet of fish, yada, yep. yada, yada. And I thought, I'll have a bite. I'll get into it. I'll enjoy it. So good. I'll, I'll give it. Not only is it dry, <laughs> not, not only does it, you know, not taste like fish, as I've been saying, even though I've never tasted one. The, the tartare sauce, is that what it is? Tartare sauce? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's come out of a tub that's been in, clearly been in the fridge for about three months. It tastes absolutely disgraceful. I've got two of these things in here as well. They're cut into perfectly square sizes. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> it is just a horrible experience. Everything that I've said over the past two months has been completely Let me just solidified in my mind. It's just, mm. it's not well. So it's funny you mentioned the dryness. I think that's why they do the steamed bun just to help with the, the moisture of it and the tartare. It's not part of the deal you get to eat one. That's enough from you. Okay, people don't want to hear right. us eating fillet of fish. Stop no. eating that. Please get it off the... Get it off now. <laughs> not put it up on the table. Take I'll it off. I'll return to you later. It's just disgraceful. I'll, f- I'll finish it. I'll finish it mm-hmm. as I said I do. Yep. Do you understand why you can't eat a fillet of fish? I'm eating it. People aren't going to s- sit here and listen to fillet <laughs> of fish eating. It's disgraceful. So we actually, you know... Went deep into the pockets and got Charlie an indie one. Uh, Charlie, you've just had some... Have you had a bite yet? Yeah, I, I just have. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of mentally work through it. Yep. Uh, my first reaction was the buns are so wet. Yeah, and then the moist. second reaction was the fish is so dry. Mm. It's an unpleasant sandwich. Is that why the, the buns are wet? To make up for the dryness in fish? I mean, That's this is I not assume. fish. There's no way this is fish. It's flaky. Good. Just, yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, Indy's box is still closed over there. You haven't opened your fillet of fish, um, so hopefully you'll get a, a, a taste of that soon. I'm going to soldier um, on and try another bite. I'll, I'll give yeah, it a second please chance. Please do. Um, how, how was roaming? Roaming? Um, no, okay, you had another bite. Yeah, please stop. Everyone needs to stop eating fillet of fishes. They're <laughs> forced to eat a fillet of fish. I genuinely, I am forced to eat one. No one enjoys You're them. Smashing through that. Though. I've never oh, seen. Oh, I eat have to, mate. Quicker. What do you think? I'm going to sit here and have little nibbles at it. And like, <laughs> I need to. Eat it and get it out of my way so I'm going to host this podcast. Yep. I said I'd do it. I'm going to eat it. Mm. And I won't eat another one again. Yep. Okay. So and the argument's over. It's, it's disgraceful. There's no way this is seafood, let alone fish. Yep. I'm not giving you your money, though. As a person who's part of this podcast, you're out of that agreement that I'll give anyone their money for not being. And you didn't pay for it either, so I did. Let me finish it, and then I'll... Yep, okay. Um, so, yeah, we did get over 1,000 YouTube subscribers. If you aren't subscribed, maybe if we get to 2,000, you'll have another one. Maybe that could just... Every 1,000 subs, yep. <laughs> you, you'll have a, a double. This time we have a double, next time we'll go to the triple. Um, you can email us, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au for you send it. Oh, God, we, we won't eat the fillet of fish. Is that what the segment is? <laughs> you send it, we won't eat fillet of fishes. That is just one of the all-time worst things I've done. And it was a double. Mm. That's okay. <clears throat> you all right? I'm done. Podcast starts now. Backchat podcast, welcome. Yep. Did you bring change like I told you to? Because I, I would like my money back. Don't, 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 say, don't say I'm not included. That's like me saying you're not included in the fantasy side of things because you, you're not good at fantasy. I'll send you a... I'll, no, I'll, I want my money. I'll wire, I'll wire you the, t- the money. <laughs> I'll, I'll be following up on that. Well, wait. Last time I ever do that. I but use thank international you. bank. Sometimes it takes a while. 
Thank you very much to all of our listeners, supporters, to getting us to a thousand on YouTube. I hope you're bloody happy. That filet fish was just absolutely terrible. Um, Whippersnapper, if, if I was just thinking, if I only had something to wash it down. Well, there's only one thing that could get the taste of that out of my mouth, and that is the sweet, sweet nectar <laughs> that Whippersnapper whiskey is, mate. This is the red corn as well, the new one. It's very good. <laughs> it's 40, 42% alcohol or something. 43, yeah. Need every percentage of that to get that taste out of my mouth. Now, let's get to fantasy. Mm. I'm not sweating and overwhelmed. Anyway. Fantasy. How are you going, Dan? If fantasy going okay? Very good. Well, now, I mean, are you going okay personally? Because you haven't mm. been able to spend the time on the fantasy team that's required, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. I did make some good changes this past week. Okay. I got a couple of inactives out of my team, made some trades. Yes. Now, I improving would, then? Improving. would just like to say that um, when I did try to sign up for this league, I accidentally made a team that couldn't log back into. Right. So in our league, there's a team called Ben Brown and Dan BFFs or something like that. That team, which Charlie is pulling the rankings from, is invalid. Okay, so What's, I can't log in. What are they changing. coming? <laughs> Please tell me they're points. Hey? And it's still changing every yeah, week. Yeah, 149th. But Be My Ballantyne, which is my real team, Yes. I'm at like 130-ish, 132. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm happy okay. with that. Um, what about you, Charlie? You improved. I've over had there, a mate? bit of an improvement this week. Jumped up ten places. Hey, big yeah. boy. One one six. I'm sitting in. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling ready. Yeah. Any major moves that we need to be aware of? Or uh, I tell you what. One person I was glad to have in my team this week. Will Brody. Yeah, very good. You'd be loaded up on Freo players. I've only got him and Brayshaw Luke Ryan and Luke Ryan. And I don't have Sean Darcy. Uh Will Brody, of course, had 37 disposals. Dan, I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, we're actually joined uh, on the podcast by. Indy today. Mm. Indy's been looking after a lot of our social media. If you maybe you remember, I spoke about Indy. She's our resident cyclist here. She'll be competing for gold in the Olympics before we know it. Now, Indy, I just want to introduce you to our Backchat fans. I assume you have a, have a fantasy team in the uh, league that I told you to sign up as a patron. You're our 100th patron. Mm. So I assume that means you're a fantasy league member. I feel like I'm going to on the bus straight onto the pod. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, you've you've had a hiatus over there competing at the Nationals in the cycling. Tell us about your fantasy team. Oh, no, I did just confess that I am not in the fantasy league, but um, if we can figure out Dan's logins, maybe I can take over this oh. um, rogue little fantasy team you've got. Uh, I couldn't be more disappointed in you, Indy. I, I know you went well over at Nationals. You competed well. You, 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 you know, did some PBs. That's great. But the fact you haven't concentrated on fantasy, I'm disappointed. My team, Will Schofield, I've gone backwards somehow. My team's very bad. For the amount of smack that I've talked, it's really disappointing with how my team's going. 79th to 83rd. But what we're all waiting for, what we're all waiting for Mm. is the hot guys. That's right. My wife, Alex, has picked those hot guys. And they're all very hot. (laughs) Ben Brown is not in her team, Dan. What? 13th. She's come up from 15th to 13th. She's moved just in, just outside the top 1,000 teams in the country. Very good. And people that are saying, oh, it's Will Schofield's team in disguise. Tell you what, I've, I've got a team. It's 79th in back chat. It's about 20,000th in the country. Not going well. If that was my team, my wife's, I would have already laid claim. I'm making all decisions. I'm trading. I'm doing this and that. I'll tell you right now, Bailey Smith would not be my captain, which Will's wishes, my wife's team, that's who her captain was on the weekend. You know what he got? 
What do you get? You got 130. Absolutely scored. He's averaging more than any player in the competition this year, and Alex has him as her fucking captain. He's the hottest guy, and he's the highest scoring guy. I think we are onto something here. The hot All guys right. team. I'm going to make that for next season. There you go. There's my fantasy rant done. I'm really disappointed with how I'm going, but congratulations, Alex. I hope you continue to pick hot guys. Now, let's have a little whip around, thanks to Whippersnapper. A bit of a look around the rest of the world in sport. Um, We're going to stay pretty close to home. Eagles get their first win of the season. Don't know if we need to tell you this, but you heard it here first. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think you – you didn't think West Coast going to win. You you wanted a bit of line action over at Bluebet. But oh, yeah. West Coast were going to win that game fair and square, always will. Just a big win for West Coast. Huge win. I, after round two, I fully expected West Coast to go 0-23. I'll tell you who was very excited about that, and we we're going to do it off the top, but I got carried away with that fillet of fish. Was very lucky to meet the great man, the enigma, mm. the – just the man of the moment. The Adonis. Dino, Dino Const, mm. your father. Yep. I met Dino and Diane for that matter. Beautiful lady, Diane. Mm. Dino, your father. Yep. Lucky enough to meet him. And within about oh, 12 seconds of meeting Dino, I started getting <laughs> the, the rundown yep. of what West Coast were doing wrong, what they needed to do to get better, and how they were to improve. This was before the game on the weekend. Yeah, it was. Yep, yep. He told me exactly what needed to happen. And you know what? He was probably yeah, correct. Spot on. Yeah, he's been want- he watches very closely for a long time, and and I have this vision now that's forever just burned into my brain of you sitting on my couch. Dino walks in, and literally within seconds, he had been telling you all the things that Eagles need to do to 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 improve, and he was spot on. He he reminds me of a figurine. Now, I mean this in the nicest way, Dino. I know you listen to this. You were just I was very impressed with your stature, Dino. It was, mm. Just a beautiful brown hair. He's got luscious hair for a, yep. an old fella. He's, he's in his 70s. He's wearing, is he? Yeah. Genuinely thought he was about 45 years old. <laughs> brown hair, white Nike athletic singlet, yep. jeans, yep. and runners. Yeah, yeah. Put that in, right. and smaller than he you. He knows what he's doing. Just put and tanned yep. and ripped. Mm. Like that is the sort of man I'm dealing with here. And Dino Concert it was an absolute pleasure to meet him. Yep. He was very happy with the West Coast win, I'm sure. He was very, very happy. Got a text from my mum. Dino is very excited. Frio Nuffies, um, uh, as, as yeah. well as our mate Charlie. Very, very happy with the win, Frio. I just don't think they were. Because what happens is, whenever West Coast win, and I've talked about this before, Fremantle fans just get upset for some reason. Right. Your team just won. And, I, and it literally took about half an hour. I looked on Twitter, and someone was complaining about... Nick Natanui getting props over Grundy. He's done, his, like, he's done his MCL now. He has, yep. But your team just won, and they're already upset about what West Coast are doing. Is this true, Charlie? you got to, you know, is that... Is I, that I feel offended here. Like, I don't think... Do I do that, Dan? Wait, do you reckon? Here, here, here they go. Here, well, here, here, here yeah. you go. I have a about something else. <laughs> yeah, here you go. No, it's just it's just classic. Like, it's, just, it's just funny to watch, and I was waiting for people to already get upset about West Coast. Do you think it's been, you know... Weeks and months and years of just living as that little brother down the road. They haven't, they haven't had that. Say, yeah, they haven't had that chance to really blossom in a two-team town. And maybe this year's your year. This is the year we we you know eclipse them. Free maybe. Yeah, you're you're living in the shadow now. You know who's you who who are you talking? The the Eagles. All oh, right, <laughs> Dan. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're looking at me when you said that. 
I can't I really see Dan from here. Hey, go Frio. Fremantle. Try flag mantle. Uh, there you go, Dan. Um, you were on roaming back chat, weren't you? You and Kat, you got all that. That I was at the Frio GWS game. Just make sure you look out for the roaming back chatters. After each and every game, you'll be doing that. Usually usually hanging around around the Camfield line. Some, yep. some of your Trying better work. In. That's no. where we're getting some of the better better comments. <laughs> <laughs> Very good stuff out there, Dan. I've been enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, loving it. Absolutely. Uh, loving before it. we leave this whip around, thanks to Whippersnapper, mm. just wanted to touch on the fact... How, how old are you? Uh, 80, born in 89, so, uh, so 30, almost 33, yeah. Kids? Dose. Two? Mm. Wife? Un, one. <laughs> good. <laughs> trying to go, <laughs> yeah. Would you consider yourself an adult? Oh yeah, yeah. Big you time. would, yes. In in terms of like Dan Const, technically, adult. legally, yes, I'm an adult. Yeah, and figuratively and no, actually, literally go to the football. There's a 19 year old that looks like a man, and I'm like, <laughs> what? How does that work? Anyways, yeah. well, we found out we needed some documents that needed signing between the two of us during the week, and yep. I said, I just sign, will. Just, <laughs> just just sign all of your everything you own yeah. to me when you pass away here on Backchat. <laughs> and you you did not. Um, it wasn't a quick turnaround. I said, what's going on over there? And you said, well, I don't have a signature. Yeah, I don't have a signature. We no. we're not all. We're not all athletes and celebrities and been signing autographs. Yeah. yeah. What's going on? So I'll tell you a story. In in uh, 2001, I was in year seven. And when you're in year seven, you're you know, 11 slash 12, you don't really need a signature. What do you sign? No, Your dollar account? No. Yeah. You, don't, you just don't need one. Yes. So this um, exchange student came over from Indonesia. Karina Samitha Poe was her name. Karina. Still remember. Shout out. Hello, Karina. Yes. And she was um, really good at writing, I remember. Her great penmanship. And she she was giving out signatures to the class. She was like, I, you know, I could do, draw a great signature. And at that point in time, all these kids were like, I want one. That sounds great. So I, it, I got it. one. Yeah. You got one? Yeah, she made But you one. don't have a signature. If, you, if she had done that for you, you don't so have one. So she made that for me. Hang on a sec. She made that for me in 2001. And I've been using that signature um, ever since. But you haven't. You just you, 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 you actually d- couldn't produce the, the same pro- signature yes, for me. You signed right. one page, and then the next page it was different. That's right. So the problem is that I don't know how to do it over and over again. So I just sort of um, I do a D. So if you want to you know forge my signature, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I do a D, and then I just sort of get like I hope my my hand does the same thing every time, but it doesn't. Like there's no way it matches up. It's funny you bring up dolomites because you know okay. No signature, okay, maybe you can get away with not having a signature as an adult, as a fully grown married father of two adult. Maybe you can have no signature. We were doing some stuff with the bank and you had to go and verify your identity. Heads into the bank, Charlie, and the, uh, the <laughs> attendant there goes, oh, I can see you're a customer here. Fantastic, but there's a strange anomaly. So what's yeah. that? Your account you hold with us is a child's account yeah. <laughs> and it's never been flicked over to the adult's one. Mm. We need to update some of our processes because for the last 15 years you've been trading effectively under a Dolomite account. The one where you put your $2 <laughs> in a plastic bag and it gets put on your Dolomite. The, what, the crazy thing about Are that, you an adult? The crazy That's what thing I'm about asking. that is that I actually used to work for Bank West Processing Home Loans. So I was on the books as a staff member but always And as now a we find ourselves and, in the nation's greatest housing shortage I, because Dan Constance... <laughs> yeah, I was processing home loans and I actually have... I had like bought a house before. Like I have a, I had a mortgage so like I obviously had signed something at some point. But yeah, um, you know, that's all right. Not everyone has a signature. Well, we're whipped around. There we go. Whip a snapper. Thank you very much for the whiskey and for yeah, maybe if we get upskilled down as an adult, that'd be nice too. <laughs> Back chat bets powered by Blue Bet. Look, 
again, I'm going to start this with, this isn't about betting. This is about taking down blue bet. Mm-hmm. And look, when we first started this, we were a bit concerned about the betting, um, you know, connecting with a betting company because it can be an addiction. People don't like betting. Yeah, and it can be an addiction. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Proper. That, that we, I'm not going to bounce around that. So we're trying to make it as fun as possible. Um, trying to make it a bit of a community thing. Where it's a bit of a piss take. We don't want you to put $100 on it, $50 on it, $5, this sort of stuff. Yep. Building one multi a week, we take down Bluebet. Now, mm-hmm. when we first started it, I thought, oh, we're going to take down Bluebet and we'll be like Pat McAfee and FanDuel and ah, but we won't win a bet. Well, first week, build a $12 multi. It won. Thanks for coming. It won. Thanks for coming, Bluebet. After the first week, we thought, oh, we'll just be a bit conservative. Yep. Let's try and win every week. Let's yeah. try and do it all. Three dollar fifty multi with four legs. So we, we got Charlie's putting legs in there for a dollar or two. Yeah. Cheers, Charlie. Yeah. Um, that misses, by the way. Charlie's bet failed us in the second week of doing this. I know, Charlie. Don't look at me like that. I know it was my bet, but <laughs> we lose the second week. Yeah. So we bounce back for week three. Let's just have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's get it up a bit. Yep. We bloody win it again. Win it again. We bloody take down Bluebet again. So if you haven't got involved, all you need to do is sign up to Bluebet. Mm-hmm. Flick us a little. Just let us know you've signed up to Bluebet. We might be able to sort something out. Yep. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe yep. just like come and say g'day. Sign up to Bluebet. Follow us on social media. Backchat double underscore on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, follow me and Dan privately. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Dan, Dan underscore const. Oh, man. I, don't know. I need to update that. Mine's Will Schofield uh, on Twitter. You find our blue bet bet that we're going to build later in the week this yes. week. Because yes. we've been having some issues with mm. picking injured players. We're picking teams that aren't even playing at different grounds. With just making a few things up on a Monday night that we haven't been quite getting right. So we're not going to tell you this week's bet. Last week's bet was a beautiful thing. Born out of necessity, to be honest. Because yep. we had some... We had some fuck-ups. Yep. So thanks to Bluebet, last week we went... They hustled last minute for us. Josh Daycost, uh, Nick Daycost to have 20 touches. That was Charlie's. That one at half-time. It had 20 at half-time. Yeah, brilliant. Maybe just get a bit more, um, I don't know, bit more adventurous. You should have gone 30. You should have gone 30. Don't get ahead of yourself now, though, Charlie. West Coast at the line. We should have. We could have taken them for the, the win. win. Yeah. But we had 25 points plus for West Coast. That was absolutely free money. Josh Kennedy got... Added very late. We thought, why not? Let's just chuck him on for three goals. The blokes had look. He had five touches to finish the game, but in his first three touches were goals. <laughs> it's very good. The assassin. Yeah, he did that. And then for the win, big Danny Ricardo, big friend of the family. Even though he refuses to come on this <laughs> podcast anymore, top ten. There was blokes in the top ten knocking out in yep. the Grand Prix. We were home before it even started, yep. mate. There Science, you go. Verstappen gone. It's easy as like. Bye bye, Blue Bet. Thanks for coming. Watch us on socials. You can find this week's multi across those. Watch for the drop. Sign up to Bluebet. We'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Very good. Now, last week we introduced fines. Will Schofield, the fines master of Backchat. Mm. I, I find a few people. Um, Indy kind of missed happy with the fine giving. Yeah, I mean, Indy got one for being too nice. Let's be honest. Like, Indy, you can have one for... Oh, not having a fantasy yeah. team. There also, you go. Also, not even opening the filler fish box that's sitting not, in front of her. Not eating filler fish. Not having a fantasy team. There's two dollars for each. Four dollars. Not sure if you're going to survive on that actually, Indy, because you're not getting paid to do anything that you're doing at the moment. <laughs> I hope that's not too personal. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. Athlete I'm not going to mention grind. it. Yes. Aj, aj, aj. Yep. Shorten it. Yeah. Um, but it's not about finding us here on the podcast. I'd like to open it up. So if you have a fine for us, you can either send it directly to 
Fines at backchatpodcast.com.au. Can't believe that's an email address, but it is. Absolute beautiful <laughs> thing. You can, or an easy way is to jump on the website. There's yep. a big button you can press, big fines button, yep. and send it straight there. Tell us who you're going to find, what you're finding it for. That's on backchatpodcast.com.au. And you can name your price, but I mean, we're within reason. It's not Mate, it's 50,000? Oh, sure. Okay, boy. We'll find them. Are they going to pay? Maybe not. We'll set up a payment plan. Hashtag it, backchatfines. You just get it to us somehow, we'll read it. Yep. So, to be honest, I didn't know how this was going to go, but we've had terrific buy-in. Yeah. Just like hello at backchatpodcast.com.au, you, you send it, a, you read it. More fines than a Subi car park ranger. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> 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 trying to make a metaphor, whatever uh, they call it. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, more fines than um, a babysitter trying to babysit Dan's children um, <laughs> in his home street. Parking on my street. Okay. 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 Keely, she's sending a fine to you, Dan. Two dollars. Mm. Not What's liking ABBA. Is that a crime? I mean... They're not good. Uh, oh, it's a, jury's out a bit, isn't it, Charlie? I'd say it is a crime, surely. Somewhere. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> $2 fine, and you can't challenge it, so don't put... Don't okay. T- okay. Right. Fine for Scoey. Don't know about this, but okay. For saying West Coast hadn't won at the MCG since the grand final in 2018. Yeah, you were very confident about that as well. I was, and that was a fact they had won since then. They'd won twice, actually, so I was, couldn't be more off the mark. How much was that fine for? Because I want to double it for your confidence. All right, that's fair enough, Dan. I'll take that on board. Yep. $4. It was $2 to $4. All right. Um, ah, Dan, there we go. Jermaine Jones injured last week, subbed out. You've put him in the original multi. Now he ended up playing. Because I knew. But thank fuck we took him out because he didn't kick a goal. Yeah, didn't, I don't think he even touched the ball in the fourth 50. $2 fine. Uh, Dan, again, $2 fine. The renewed bet that we had that didn't get up. Chad Wingard for wearing a long sleeve jumper. Gee, that's great. I love adding that mm. in. Chad Wingard did not play on the weekend. Yep, he didn't. Right. Yep. I'll take it, yeah. $2 fine. Brendan Decker sends in, I literally named my team the terrible, uh, sorry, my terrible bottom 20 fantasy team, underscored, and you have not seen, mentioned it once on the podcast. We'll take that fine. That's that's Brendan, fineable. Yep, $2 fine. And then a $2 fine for saying West Coast v Collingwood was at the G and not at Marvel. So I said, we're backing in West Coast. <laughs> To, to beat Collingwood at the G. They didn't even play there. Yep. That's fair enough. We like that. Um, Toby W sent us a nice little one. Who gets the fine? Will Schofield. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much. Good. Seems like I'm going to be fine a lot, considering I'm hosting this fucking podcast. So if 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 maybe we could throw some Charlie and Indy's way, maybe Cat, that'd be appreciated. Sammy deserves it. I mean, Cat's right, not even Tesla. here, so there you go. Two dollar fine. Cat not here. Explain why the fine is in order for telling us to put a bet on Jordan Dugowie when he's suspended. So this is why we're not doing back, back, yeah. back chat bets by Blue Bet anymore on a Monday because we've bet on Collingwood to beat West Coast at the G, not at the G. Uh, Jordan to go to kick goals, not even playing. Chad Wingard to play and kick goals, not even playing. Jermaine Jones injured the week. Right. Done. That's fine's over. Happy? I'm very happy. I'm right. happy I got away. I got away pretty. Charlie, if you could bad. bring a fines jar in, that'd be great. We'll chuck uh, the we'll filler fish in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you send it. We read it. Perfect. I love the delay. It's really nice there. And Ben's email, Reese, Goey's grand final. Give us a bit of an update here, Dan. <laughs> Another way. Okay. Uh, I, oh, boy. I mean, I, I love no, Don't we, even commit. Just. Right, we'll do it, Ben. You know we will. Yep. We love you. Benjamin Fletcher. Can the Kulbinia Bombers. Mm, my childhood team. Wow. Very good team. Uh, hi, all. Loving the podcast. Long time listener here. Third time emailer. Okay. Well done. Good. 
Uh, you will get me through some bloody long days of driving 700 kilometres daily. What? Where are Appreciate you driving, it. Benny boy? Must be in a truck or something. Love it. Very good. The Jenna podcast was f- uh, by far my favourite. He gave amazing insight into issues and history that I didn't know about fully and was sickened and saddened once I read more about it. Crazy to think it wasn't that long ago. He's an amazing human and extremely inspirational on your jet boy. Well Love done. that. Very good. Couldn't have said about it. A few questions here. Will, how do players have to pay fines? I understand it is out of their pocket, but for an example, Taylor Walker was hit with a 20k fine for the racism in Sandville. Surely he wouldn't pay 20k in one hit. Are uh, their payment plans? Do you want me to just well, the yeah, let's as go. We with go. That. Um, so pretty much it gets taken out of your pre-tax pay. So if you're on $100,000 and you get a $5,000 fine for wrestling, your your package goes to 95. Oh. And so each week instead of getting paid, or each month instead of getting paid the amount you would get paid, it just gets reduced by five grand. That's how it comes out. Hmm. So that would they would have done the 20 like that. Like, you know, Tyler Walker's probably on... Let's four. say he's on 100K just to make it easy. He would have okay. been put down to 80K. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he wouldn't be on 100. He'd no. be on 600 probably. So... Yeah. The 20K probably doesn't get much of a look at, but I guess your lifestyle adjusts. Yeah. Especially pre-tax, which is pretty... Yeah, maybe not pre-tax, but it's definitely... um, I'm not good with that stuff. That's why I'm hosting a back chat podcast. Also, going back a couple of weeks regarding the Rioli incident, what's your thoughts on Revolt Revolt and Merritt's comments on AFL 360? They walked a fine line, and from my view, they weren't respecting the unwritten rule. Below is the quote, no need to read out fully. Um, so they're talking about the the Willie Rioli. No, that's right. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll say Reddit. The okay. priority should always be to protect the guy going for the footy, and I think that's a pretty dangerous action. It's merit talking on AFL three hundred and sixty. My understanding at the moment would be that would be a week in reference to Rioli, but it's a big call, and I'm sure that that'll see a, a precedence going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Jack Rewalt? So he said, uh, jumping off the ground. I know that he's gone to protect himself. Probably has caught. Rioli high. He's caught Raul high. Raul high, sorry. So Rioli's jumped and he's caught Raul high. Yes. Um, I did the pub test walking down and sort of sussed a few people out up the top here and I thought it was a week, but clearly it's not because he did get off. Yeah, it's a da- dangerous precedent to be setting in round one. Um, I shouldn't say dangerous. It's an interesting precedent. So basically they were talking about Willie Rioli jumping off the ground, hitting Matty Raul, um, well, he's not, not hit high. I mean, he played the rest of the game. If he was hit high, he should have been off with the concussion rule. What are my thoughts on it all? Um, I think I sort of gave it my, my thoughts on, on Willie Rioli. I think you've got to be able to see that sort of stuff in the game. I think you've got to have some sort of physicality. Paddy Ryder was an issue this week with a hit on Will Day from the Hawthorne Footy Club. And it's, it's just going to get harder and harder because you've got guys like Daniel Venables and Brad Shepard that are retiring, just to name a couple from West Coast. And that's going to continue to build across the season but I truly believe and speaking to Venables both on this podcast and after the fact he doesn't want rules to change so people don't get hit in the head when you sign up as a player to play AFL you know that's going to happen you don't expect to be protected from contact sport well you don't expect to be protected from all contact to your head and and definitely contact when you're not expecting it you know that's going to happen you know unexpected contact is predictable like it is a 360 degree game you have 18 opposition players running around there. The ball can move from every every spot on the ground, and it's a physical game. So you're going to get hit. The, the Will Day one with Ryder, I mean, talking about Rioli, like I've spoken about that, but the Will, Will Day one with Ryder, that'll be happening right now. I don't know if you can check, um, Charlie, what suspension Ryder was handed down, but 
Will Day was running through the middle. He saw Ryder. Ryder saw him. Ryder stopped. It was going towards him. Stopped. Will Day, 100 miles an hour, kicked the footy and didn't have the awareness to get out of the way. Like, how many weeks did Ryder... Two weeks he so, got. So he's given him two weeks and Ryder, being a taller guy, got him in the in the jaw with a, with a hit. But, like... Yeah, I think it, it, the onus has to be both ways. Like you have to expect contact, and it it sh, it should be reasonable that Paddy Ryder puts some body on Will Day. It should be reasonable that Will Day isn't just running around um, having a kick and hoping for the best. Like he has to protect himself also. Yeah, it's a, it's a contact sport, and above all, you want to protect the head. We don't want to see head knocks. We don't want to see guys leaving the game because of a concussion later in life, having serious in. You know issues brain, with well brain, brain trauma, trauma, brain damage. Yeah. Um, you've seen extreme cases of suicide due to the head knocks that players have had in elite sport. So, not at all do I want that, or do we want that? But you also are playing a contact sport. This isn't no no one thinks that that's not going to happen. There's no one running around going, "Well, players aren't protected." It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, I don't know if there's an easy win for anyone involved. All right, uh, so this is <clears throat> same email. Dan, fun fact for you. Hutchie's dad rocks a Kulbinia Bombers jacket 24-7. Doesn't matter if it's three degrees or That's 44. Good. It'll be on his back. He's a fashion icon. Saddens me that this hasn't been a point of discussion yet. Charlie and Cat, no question. Do you know who Hutchie is? Mark Hutchings, Premiership player for West Coast. Yeah. His dad, um, we'll get him on this podcast and talk about it, but his dad comes to every training session with a deck chair a foldable one, and he yeah. sets up on the hill by himself, watches every session, goes binoculars. He wears a bomber jacket. Did not know that that's a cool Binia bomber's jacket. I didn't know. Do you know if Hutchings a, a fellow, a fellow I alumni? Think, I don't remember play, <laughs> playing with an M Hutchings. Well, I'm sure you'd remember. <laughs> it doesn't mean he had played with you. But yeah, yeah. No, no, he's I, younger than no, us. No, I, I don't recall that. Oh, if that's actually the case, I'll tell ask you what. about that. He did play for Kulbinia. Oh, boy. Wow. We. He also played for Girraween as well. Yeah, we don't like that. No. Kulbinia. Yeah. There you go. So there the second go. most famous player to come out of the Kulbinia Bombers, Mark Hutchings, <laughs> yeah. right behind Dan Const. Wow, that's big. Nothing for Charlie and Kat uh, there either from Benny. No questions. Warm regards. Dino's mate. Dino's mate, apparently. Mm. Okay, beautiful. This is Benjamin is the one who met Dino at the servo. Oh, Where he works. Yeah, and Joshy Rotham for that matter. Josh Barnstable. Nice. I feel like... Very strong last name, isn't it? In another life, you may have been in charge of horses somewhere. <laughs> yeah, a ranch. A ranch, man. Uh, hi, guys. Big fan of the show. Would love to keep hearing more interviews with the lesser knowns of West Coast and Fremantle over the years. Well, hmm. would you believe we have one of those coming up for you, Joshy boy? How would you be? Who Callum, is it? Callum Sinclair. Yeah. One of the greats, the Kel Sinclair Cup coming up, West Coast, Sydney, the Jetta Cup, the Hickey Cup, the Cox Cup. Mm. Are there more? Cox Cup, sounds funny. Yep. Um, I have a nerdy question for Will. Okay. okay so, Scoey played at 15 AFL venues in his career, ranging from Subiaco, which was 88 games, to Blacktown in Sydney, one game. He played there once. Remember that. Uh, what is your ranking of the best venues that you played at? One to 15. So taking into account things like facilities, quality of change rooms, proximity to hotel, experience with fans, and just general vibe. Thanks. Now... I love that. I love every bit about this question. So ranking stadiums Scoey's played at. I don't know how you want to do this. I'm going to rank them one to 15. You've got the list here. Is this the... the, This looks like it's in alphabetical order, but we need you to to rank it in some sort of... Yeah. 
So initially, um, a fine, two dollar fine for Charlie because he said, "Have you never played Gold Coast before?" And in fact, uh, it says Carrara Oval. Mm. Doesn't have the games played next to these, but I mean, it's fair enough. Um, I, I'll go. I have to go with home ground. Optus Stadium as one, right? You, you got to yep. have your home stadium as one. Yeah, there's there's great other grounds, but Perth Stadium. Uh, sorry, Subiaco Oval is one. Is better than Optus? no, it's not. But it's just like you yeah. ask for general vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ask. Oh, actually, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Facilities. facilities, okay, so it's not what I think. Facilities, quality of change rooms, proximity to the hotel, experience with fans and general vibe. Subiaco Hotel is none of those. So uh, Subiaco is none of those. <laughs> Perth Stadium, number one, honestly. It's best in the country. Number two, Adelaide Oval. We love that. Yep. Absolutely love that. It's close to the hotel. The hotel's across the bridge. You can pretty much work, walk there. Alistair Clarkson got himself into some trouble walking home one day. I walked home as an emergency with Sharon Wellingham uh, after that Port Adelaide after the siren win. We walked home right. just because we felt like it. I grabbed a sneaky Although beer, beer on the way to be, home. There ha- have to be some confusion between the raceway at, in Adelaide and the Adelaide Oval where Ryan Davis got dropped off accidentally. Correct. Once. Absolutely. Yep. Um, the horse racing precinct. Yep. Uh, number two, three um, is... Is Belrave in Hobart, Charlie? I think Belrave Oval. Um, I've played in Launceston and Hobart. I just wonder which one's which. Cause yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My two, it's one stone now. Okay, yeah. my two Tassie, um, um, Marara Oval. Is that the other Hobart one? Marara is in Northern Territory. Okay, well, it's not that one. Where's the other? I mean, I've played in Launceston and Hobart, but I can't see a second one there. York Park, there it is. That's that's Launceston, York Park. York Park and Belrive Oval, they go 3-4 for mine, Charlie. Huge. Just Just because oh, Tassie was great to play and it was perfect weather for footy. Crisp. Bit cold. Yeah, bit cold. Yep. Can get windy, though. Mm. But just for fair... I, I, I Eagles just, suck it in Tassie. Yeah, it wasn't about winning or losing, was it? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, I'll tell you the worst one for fans and uh, facilities, etc., is Blacktown. It'll genuinely a paddock with a couple of fences <laughs> around it. Um, look, Darwin, uh, sorry, Northern Territory, which was Alice Springs. Uh, yeah, is that that? Is that where Marara Oval is? Marara, they call it TIO. Yeah, and now. that's that's Alice Springs. Not not the best. Not not the best. And. Um, that's to do with facilities. Yep. Um, we had the a, crowd's epic, though. Yeah, we had like so a good. we had like a refrigeration unit out the back that we you know there there were not not a lot of great crowd great. Yeah, but probably not the best place you want to go to. I'm losing track, but like um, Marara is let's I don't know backwards. That's fourteen. Um, Carrara not great, not great at Gold Coast. We'll chuck that at thirteen. Docklands quite good. Played a lot of games as a there fan. As well. Docklands is awesome. Docklands number five for mine. Football park at Adelaide. That's about twelfth. That is one of the worst you'll really? see. It's about forty minutes to the hotel. You used to stay in Adelaide City and um, Amy's out towards the coast. Yeah, thirty thirty five minute drive with traffic. Just become a real shit show out at Footy Park. So that was Amy Stadium in Adelaide before they moved into the city. The Gabba, sorry, I take all of it back. The Gabba is the worst in the entire country. The the, the rooms for players, you need a duck to walk around in them. It is a, some sort of labyrinth of rooms at the Gabba. They have, they have exposed um, plumbing everywhere. In the taping room specifically, there's some pipe, there's one pipe in there that smells like like chemical melted rubber, and it's never Ugh. it never leaves the rooms. You can't breathe properly in the taping rooms. They've, they've done it deliberately. It's been like that for fifteen years. Just a shocking setup. They have 
kind of the change rooms on one side, you've got to get up a flight of 10 stairs to get to the taping room, and it's like a pyramid at the top, and then down the other end is the warm-up room. It's about as big as this table. It gets slippery, so it has to be dried all the time. So there's people with towels, like, doing all this <laughs> up. The Gabba is an absolutely terrible place to be as a player. And the, and the ground, I mean, no one goes to Gab. no one goes to Brisbane games. Gabba, worse in the country. How mm. about that? Host of a grand final, though. Boy, oh boy. Mm. Uh, MCG, I haven't ranked that. That's got to be up there, doesn't it? SCG. It's got all the vibe. SCG, facilities. poor facilities. I've yep. lost track of ranking all these, but I mean, it's a, it's a good list to look so, at. I mean, oh, Kadinia Park, I forgot about that. Yep. The away rooms at Kadinia Park, poor. Yeah, poor. Even with the new stadium, they've done some developments there. Um, what makes a bad one is like the warm-up area. You need to do a warm-up inside. And if they haven't done it, configured it right, you end up like having to hang – it's like having a football, hanging all the bags up on the walls just to make sure you can run, do run-throughs and do handballs inside. And Yeah, can you pass one of those? I've got places? a question. Yes. <clears throat> this is about – are you finished with – Yeah, I am. Yeah, I, okay. no, I didn't rank it properly, but it's, That's it's right. hard. This is about warm-ups. Okay. So when you're watching pre-game, often camera in the warm-ups, there's a lot of just like – what looks like fake little cuddle bumps, like you're just bashing into one another. What can you talk, talk us through the 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 whys and yeah? Well, so like for a lot of part a lot of part of my career, it's always the same warm up every every game. So they try to build in a structure that is predictable, and so you know once you finish doing run throughs that you go to handballs and then you go to kicks, and you yep. just it becomes a pattern, and it's a good preparation. Mm. But bumps was always last. Bumps and tackles. Mm. Just like any level of football. Anyone who's ever played footy. I mean, cool billion bombers would have been doing the same yep. thing. Three bumps on the right, three bumps on the left, three tackles. Yep. Always the last thing. And it's meant to be, you know, get a bit of body on to you, fire yourself up. Does nothing. It just feels like players are half arsing, like like hitting each other on the shoulder and then giving Oh, I mean, it's cuddle. interesting you saying that it feels half arse. I mean, like, <laughs> how you sort of, you know, what are you basing that on? From, from, from looking nah. on, it doesn't look like people, they're not genuinely I will say, it. this is this is probably another question we should ask most of our guests that have played AFL. There's guys you stay away from because there's guys that try really hard and you know, really want the body. I feel like Jack Darling would be that sort of guy. No, he's not. Absolutely. Really? No, absolutely. I don't know. Why Why do you think that? He's a big boy. He just He doesn't know. No, it, that's, no that's not what dictates it. It's the guys that want to, tr- like, Really want to try. <laughs> no, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, Hutchie, Hutchie is a big bumper. No, he's a solid. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You're still missing the point. It's not the big guys, not the strong guys. It's the guys that really want to get in under and sure and get, get a bit of body on. Like, genuine, like, amateur footy shit. Like, yeah, get a few bumps in. Like, they really give a shit about that. Whereas, like, me personally, I would rather smash my opponent the first time I see him, shake his hand and smash into him. Yeah. Rather than smash Josh Kennedy. For instance, are you teaming up with the same people each time? Yes. So yeah, it's very, it's you very. You and another guy, and like, let's just. Who do you reckon I used to do it with? I had two guys. I, I had the same guy I used to kick with every game. Any game that we were both playing, we'd always kick with each other. Our whole career, played a lot of footy with him. And then I had a, I had a specialty bumper. And just remember, I didn't like bumping, and neither did they. Pre-game. Mate, I, I One of them has been on the podcast. I'll, I'll sing you Tommy B as a as a bumper. No, nah, he used to like a bit of body. Too too big for me. You don't want to pair up with a big guy. Chris Masters? No, 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 not Master. I don't know. Uh, Lewis Jetta was my bumper. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he'd just be out the back doing the real soft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I'll see you out there. And my kicker, yeah. Luke Shuey, captain. Oh. Yeah. So we yeah, would have every single game we ever played, um, we'd kick together. And they'd always, because it was so routine and you kicked with the same person every time, you didn't have to speak to anyone, that you'd get in the race 
and you'd have this like flash of horror, like, oh shit, like Luke Shuey's not playing. Like, who am I going to kick with? So oh. you'd get out on the field and you'd be frantically searching around for, for that loose person. Yeah, that loose person. Like sometimes when it happened, like it was so late notice that I'd never find who needed to be found and I'd be like kicking with a, a runner or a <laughs> water boy for a little bit, like trying to figure it out because you were yeah. so ingrained in what you were doing. Yeah. Good question, Dan. I like that. That's it. You All send right. it. We, we read, read it. it. You beauty. Um, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au if you want to send something in and you want us to read it. We're sitting down now with Callum Sinclair. I can't say his name. Sinclair. Callum Sinclair. Chocolate Eclair. I know. Say that. Like, so, say. Say what? His Callum name. Sinclair. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it is? It's the Callums. You think you've done the L already. West Coast Sydney Cup. Sinclair Cup. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's get into it. All right, before the West Coast Sydney match on the weekend, we're lucky enough to have Ryan Davis for the uh, Ryan Davis Cup, Gold Coast v West Coast. Well, the Sydney West Coast game coming up, we could have a few guys. I mean, we've had Lewis Jetter on the podcast, Yep, Sydney West Coast. Um, there's been a few others. Tom Hickey is over there currently, Sydney West Coast. But a proper OG of the Sydney West Coast crew, Callum Sinclair, Callum Sinclair, He's a proper OG, not only of that, but of the Backchat podcast. Cal Sinclair hosted this podcast Probably back before in... I was born. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think Dino would be having some trouble. 2012, 2013, he plays footy too. He's with us now. Thanks for joining us. G'day, Cal. G'day, guys. Thanks for, for having me on. And it is nice, Goey, to be back on the airways together once again. Yeah, it is, mate. Um, now... We were recording this podcast with a phone in between us back in that stage. Steve Thumper, Bandy, clipping some stuff up. Um, we got some questions from him a little bit later on for social media. But I wanted to start. <laughs> I wanted to start this uh, little podcast off with a few stats off the top for you know, people that might not know about Cal's career. Cal, do you know? Oh, mate, don't talk about stats, mate. I don't think they'll be that glamorous. Well, do you know? Do you know? Um, do you know what you lead the AFL in the history of the game in? You have a stat that you are league leading in AFL VFL history. Fumbles? <laughs> <laughs> no, not fumbles. No, okay. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's a very, it's a it very a, impressive yeah. stat. Is it positive? Oh, really? It's very positive. Like It's yeah. one of the best stats I've had yeah. read off the top. All right, here we go. Ready? You yeah. you lead by a long way the fewest career games to play in wins versus 18 different teams in the AFL. So, I know Maybe. that's I know that's getting a, you know taking a little while to get through the head, <laughs> but basically you can't do it by being a one team player because if you play for West Coast for instance for your whole career, you can't beat West Coast. Mm-hmm. So you've done it in 33 games. You've had wins against every team in the competition. In thirty-three games, mate, I'd say um, that's a really interesting stat. I, I, I probably wouldn't have. Uh, it's still sinking in, Scotty. To be honest, I'm still trying to work it out. So, in thirty-three games, but, um, you've beaten everyone, every club in the league. That's impressive. The next yeah. is forty-four. No, it is, but I think I've been pretty lucky. Like I've played at the Swans, where like the majority of the time, bar a couple of years, we've. Um, We've, we've won and made finals. And then the years that I was at West Coast when I played pretty consistently were at the top end, uh, at the top end of the ladder. So, um, yeah, no, look, 
I don't lead many stats in the AFL, to be brutally honest, guys. But um, yeah, look, if that's if that's in the, uh, I'm not sure what you call it. There's the AFL kind of stats book every year. I'm not sure if, if that would be one of the leading stats that talk about. No, absolutely, but, uh, it, is. it leads. Hey. It. it leads it. Nah, unreal. Kel? Nah, well, I'll take it, guys. But I, I'm sure there's probably a few stats that I uh, that I probably don't want to publicise as well. So right. I, I've actually got one off the top of my head, Go on. which uh, which I probably which I'm sure will come out. I think I was the last player to ever be used as a sub in the AFL to be subbed out of the game. <laughs> you were the last standing substitute, Callum Sinclair. I th- yeah, I think so. And it was in the 2015 Granny, which is obviously. You know, I'm sure I'm sure we might talk about it later, but um, that red vest was the um, that was the most horrible thing <laughs> ever that the AFL do, have ever do, done. Do, like, if you, do you get fair enough, if you, fair enough, if you're injured and you have to come off the ground, but literally the whole crowd knows you've had a shocker if you've come <laughs> off and you're wearing the red vest. Do you get to keep it? I mean, you're the last man to wear it. Surely they let you hang on to it. Surely you tuck that into the bag after the 2015 grand final. Mate, I probably should have. I probably should have turned it into some sort of like historical NFT that you know, <laughs> this was something ridiculous that the league did for a few years. Who would have thought? But uh, now I, um, looking back, Scully, I probably should have actually held on to that. Uh, it might be a funny, um, funny stuff. I probably should frame it and put it in the pool room. I think it should be called like the Callum Sinclair vest. Uh, yeah, the the no. Kelvest. No, I can't do it. Sinclair vest. Um, now I've I've jumped ahead. We've asked you questions, and that's against the rules here on Backchat. Mm. The first question we ever ask guests on this show. Look, we know you've been a good football player, even though you're talking yourself down. You lead the league in shortest amount of time it's taken to beat every team. So that's nothing to sneeze at. You may lead it in fumbles and out on the fools and God knows what else. But we don't care about your footballing prowess. We want to know, Kel Sinclair. What's your greatest sporting achievement not on the footy field? You've been playing AFL for a long time now and you've done some great things. Mm. You've played in grand finals. You've, you've got Brownlow vault votes. Mm-hmm. You, what, did you, 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 anyway, we'll get to what get you've to done that. there. What is your greatest sporting achievement not on the footy field, Cal Sinclair? My greatest sporting achievement not on the footy field. All right, Sky, you probably should have sent me, um, sent me some notice about this, but... Um, mate, to be honest, I was cheer squad captain of my school. Um, so we've never had that. I used to, so I, I, I was presented, um, with a blazer at school and it was kind of funny, kind of colorful blazer. And my job was to go to, you know, big things like, um, school athletic days and, uh, there was school rowing. So I'm Scoey, we were in the same school system. Remember how big head of the, um, head of the river was back in the day, yes. um, there was school swimming. So all the school sports would come, all the students would turn up and support the school. And I was in charge of the cheer squad. So starting all the chants, getting everyone going, had the megaphone out and things like that. So I was presented with a blazer um, in year 12 for my service to cheering uh, <laughs> cheering people on. <laughs> do you, do you remember know, any of the cheers? Yes, he does. Give us um, one. Come on. Yeah. Do you remember? There was a school called Wesley. Yep. And Wesley wore purple uniforms. And we used to, whenever they would, they used to have to row past us, at, um, past all the cheer squads. And, um, you know, the, the chant we used to do was, uh, you wear purple uniforms, do-da, do-da. <laughs> <laughs> So... 
I thought it was quite funny. There were some pretty um, inappropriate chants said as well, but I don't think they're probably appropriate for your listeners. But um, that would probably be my greatest sporting achievement. Maybe I did eight musicals at school, which probably not many people know about me. That's a sport. Sure. Musical uh, lead, like leading yeah. them. Like, were you like Charlie Brown and were you, were you I don't know, the king and, the king and I? Musical? Charlie Brown. I don't know. Yeah, Charlie Brown. I was in. I was in Charlie Brown the Musical in school. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up, Dan. <laughs> I know. Obviously, he's so not. Fan of the opera, maybe. I led about. I was the lead in about. I reckon about three of them. <laughs> That's huge. And wow. uh, so, I was pretty. I was actually, to be honest, I was actually pretty into it, and I actually really enjoyed it. Did it in year twelve. Had to, had to do a monologue in front of a lot of people uh, as, as my year twelve exam. So. Um, we got given like a seven-page monologue that you had to memorize. You had to perform it in front of um, big, ju- uh, like a panel of judges, and that was what, that was part of your year twelve exam. So, to, to honestly, to, to get through um, to get through that, that was a pretty daunting experience. So, that might be another achievement in the performing arts sector, but. We'll, yeah. we'll absolutely mm. pay every bit of that. Like that's what this is all about. I, do, I, I didn't have to give you pre warning because that's what it's all about. We just want to hear your raw, honest views on what you've done in life outside of footy, and you've got, you've completely nailed it. To I'm be surprised, to be honest, there wasn't basketball in there. Being at all, you know, as a kid, too busy singing, mate. Oh, <laughs> too busy. Yeah, you're right. Well, I played a bit of junior basketball. I wasn't. Um... Mate, I'm too short to be a basketballer. Like these guys that play basketball these days are like. Mate, seven foot two or something like that. I'd be a shrimp out there. But I did play a lot of basketball, but I was only just at the social level. I, I definitely wasn't um, definitely wasn't any good to, to make any sort of teams or anything like that. But um, everyone seems to be an expert on, on NBA these days, and uh, but I, I'm certainly not one of them. Yeah, you're sitting here with one of them, Dan Constance. He's the world <laughs> expert on NBA. He's mates with Dirk Nowitzki, apparently. Now, um, Cal... <laughs> Um, let's take it back a little bit. So you uh, you come out of year twelve after ten musicals sellouts. Clearly, um, you start playing a bit of footy. You play with Port Melbourne. Um, you move to Subiaco here in Perth. Uh, you don't get drafted as a seventeen or eighteen year old. It takes a while for you to, de- to develop. Um, is that sort of how yep. your pathway came out of school towards footy? Yeah, I think so. Like I've, it's probably been spoken about um, a little bit. You know, over the years, I've done a few talks and articles about it but essentially yeah like I finished school and I wasn't even in the mix to be honest to, to be drafted or anything like that I, I, if I'm being honest I barely made the uh, the first team of school I was in and out of the reserves and and things like that and kind of played a couple of good games towards the end of year 12 and I got invited to go and play for the Sandringham Dragons because when you finish school, they had about a, a couple of spots for 19-year-olds. I'm not sure if, if you remember that, but mm. um, they had a couple of – every team could like have two 19-year-olds in their team. So I actually got invited to, to do that, and that was kind of where I thought, far out, I can actually play all right here. And I was playing in the practice matches and actually made the squad – and um, as a 19-year-old, so I thought, oh, I could actually give this a crack and got to round four and didn't get picked and they just kicked me out for some reason and gave my spot to someone else. So <laughs> it was um, that kind of um, that kind of moment, to be honest, Goey, was a bit of a moment where I kind of went, oh, well, I actually can do this as heartbroken as I was and kind of spurred me on to say kind of fuck you to a few people. Yeah. And uh, so basically, I literally went back to local footy. 
and I played local footy at my local footy club and basically thought, well, I'll kind of try and get drafted the next year and try out for a VFL team and um, went to the Collingwood VFL team and made that squad. And unfortunately, um, round one that year broke my foot and I missed 12 months. And then um, Collingwood said probably weren't too interested. And then I tried out for Port Melbourne and uh, Port Melbourne were great. I uh, played there for, for two seasons and, you know, they were an AFL club. Like they were so, they had so many like gun AFL players come back to that footy club. They would have had, you know, Shane Valenti, um, Sam Fleming, John Baird, a few guys that have played a lot of AFL footy. And then, yeah, from there, um, got an opportunity to ask to play for, for Subiaco in the Waffle. Um, probably it was a great opportunity to um, play the position I wanted to play. I wanted to play centre forward and, and in the ruck, and I thought that would give me my best chance of potentially getting drafted. I knew that West Coast and Freo were were quite interested in me, but um, from a rookie perspective, but they probably had a few question marks. I hadn't played a lot of footy, and so I just kind of thought, well, why don't I just move to WA and get a part time job and see if I can transfer uni and join the Subiaco Footy Club and. Ended up having one of the funnest years of my life uh, playing for Subiaco. I'd play at Subiaco on the weekends and then uh, Saturday night I'd, I'd make my way to the hippie club in Leaderville. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> and, uh, it would. Just a great establishment. I, I literally just thought it was the best place ever. I just thought, oh, how good's this? Like, you play footy at Subiaco, you win, you cross the road and go to the hippie club until 2 a.m. It's the best thing ever. How good is this? Why would you want to play AFL when you can play waffle? <laughs> were you, is my, my mail correct? You're working in a surf shop at that time as well? Yeah, so my next-door neighbour in um, in Melbourne, he used to he, he had a pretty high-up job at Quicksilver, and I said, oh, look, mate, I'm moving to Perth and I need a part-time job. Can, can I just – can you call up – I just asked him, I said, oh, can you just – call the um, Perth Quicksilver shop and see if they need someone to work. And I had a casual position at Quicksilver in the city, um, just selling board shorts and ski jackets and goggles and mate, literally anything. It was quite fun. That's very good. So after all that, surf shop attendant, probably getting a few barrels down at City Beach or Trig or something like that. If they make a surfboard big enough for you, you make your way onto the West Coast list. You get rookie listed at pick 13. Um, in that same rookie draft, uh, Matty Taberner was in that. So he's still going around for Fremantle. So you're among good company there. Um, you get your way onto a, an AFL list in West Coast. What is that experience like you, you walk onto a list with a few Ruckman on it, which I might add kind of just uh, highlights your, your career as, as far as I can see is being on lists with a lot of Ruckman. So you've been able to etch yeah. out a fair career given that you haven't been that guy, that guy at any club you've been at really. What, what's that like coming onto a list as a rookie learning under guys like Nick Nananui, Dean Cox and co? Mate, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, uh, I actually, the week before the draft, I, I literally had, I, I, I was at Fremantle actually, and I, I, I thought I was getting drafted to Fremantle because they were the only club that spoke to me. And then literally within like a couple of days of training at Frio, um, Hawthorne rang me and said, can you come to Hawthorne? We're going to pick you up. And I said, oh, wow. great. So I flew down to Hawthorne and they were like, oh, mate, um, if you're available at pick 16, we'll pick you up. And 
I told Frio that I didn't want to leave Perth. And then suddenly uh, West Coast gave me a call and said that we're going to take you at, at pick 12. So it was a real whirlwind of a couple of days. It all happened within a week. But in answer to your question, Scoey, like coming into the footy club, um, I don't know. I, I was a little bit, I don't know what the word is, but I was pretty nervous kind of coming in because I think at the time, like Nick Nat had some pretty um, nasty groin injury. And I think they kind of needed a bit of ruck depth. And there was, um, I remember there being an article written that um, I was only selected kind of as an insurance policy and it kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. And, you know, that might've been true at the time, but I thought, you know, like I've, I've got an opportunity here, like I've got to um, take it with everything I got. And I was kind of told at the time that uh, when I got there that, um, you know, obviously Nick Nat and Dan Cox are the two best ruckmen, you know, probably of all time. Um, it's going to be pretty tough to get a game. And um, and obviously Scott Lysett was coming through at the time there as well, who was a, a young and up-and-coming ruckman. And, and you obviously see what he's doing at, at Port Adelaide. He's going really, really well. So I was probably up against it. Um, and I thought, well, all I really need, obviously Nick wasn't ready at the time. And I thought, far out, like, I'm not going to sit here and I've only got nine months to prove myself or I'm going to get delisted. So I kind of went in there all guns blazing and kind of made sure that every waffle game I played in those practice matches that I put my best foot forward. And I was kind of told that I probably wouldn't play any AFL games at all and kind of um, stuck it up and ended up debuting round two that year. So I was... um, it was awesome, mate, to be honest, like playing with Coxie for those couple of years uh, that he was um, there with me was unreal because um, it really fast-tracked my development. Hadn't played a lot of ruck, to be brutally honest. I was more of a key forward. And, um, yeah, uh, he was unreal in, 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 on, with his tutelage. And then and then playing with Nick was just um, – there's not much you can learn off Nick because like, you, 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 you literally just don't have the capabilities <laughs> that he has. Um but uh, it was an awesome, um, the Coxie was probably one for me that, you know, he didn't have the biggest leap, um, but he was very, very skillful, very, very crafty with all of his work. And yeah, he was unreal to, to be trained by. What were some of those things that, that you remember Dean Cox teaching you? Were there certain sort of like ruck secrets that you're like, oh my gosh, that's like a, you know, because obviously he, he will go down as one of the best of all time. So to learn at such a young age must have been a pretty big thing and then you would have taken some sort of tools into your own belt from him yeah definitely i used to um i actually used to watch his tape every single weekend and the thing i'd pick up from him is just basically his work rate and i just remember how fit and how hard he would run so i'd always i used to have um, a piece of paper and i kind of used to like draw where he would run on the ground and and things like that when I wasn't playing. But, um, no, he just had so much. He, he was so dynamic as a player. And I think, you know, I wouldn't compare myself anywhere to the level of Dean Cox, but just picking up a few things, like he just really revolutionised ruck work, I reckon, that you can actually be a really skillful player. Like I remember one time at West Coast, he was taking kickouts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, probably, I'm not sure where West Coast were on the ladder at the point. They might have just been trying to try anything, but he was taking kickouts there for a few weeks. And I'm like, far out. Like, what's, you know, this guy's just absolutely nuts. But I think his ability to play forward as a ruckman for me was um, something that I really admired and I really, um, I really kind of learned a great deal off him. And I think when when Nick came into the side, 
he kind of had to change his role and he started off as a forward. And I think he ended up kicking 30 goals as a um, 30 goals one year as a backup ruckman to Nick. So um, the fact that he was so dynamic and he was so crafty up forward was something that I really tried to, to take into my game as well. He's a coach at Sydney now. I mean, you're, you're still playing with Sydney. I probably didn't mention that off the top. I mean, traded the West Coast to Sydney, but you're still toiling away at Sydney. Um, what's that relationship like, given that he was a player once and comes over as a coach uh, to Sydney? What's he like as a coach? Yeah, look, he, he's, he's really great. Um, I think the last – I think Sydney's been no, – I'm not going to talk for Dean, but I think Sydney's been a really fantastic um, move that he made. He's uh, got a lot of responsibility at the footy club. His coaching journey is, um, is really going to flourish, I think. I'm not too sure what his aspirations are in terms of, you know, potentially being a head coach one day. That's probably a question that he can ask. But, um, you know, I've played with him and been coached by him for, you know, the entirety of my career, bar maybe one year. And, um, yeah, he, he's grown into a, to a fantastic coach. So he basically runs our midfield now and, I'm sure he's definitely got aspirations to um, to further his um, his coaching prowess. So it'd be pretty cool to um, to watch from the sidelines to see um, to see how he goes over the next you know maybe ten twenty years because he's definitely a very passionate about the game. We sort of jumped forward a bit to straight to Sydney, um, but I'm, I'm curious to know about um, players once they get traded from one team to another, like. When you go to verse that team again, especially, I mean, Dean Cox wasn't a coach at the time when you first went over to Sydney, but are the teams coming to you with a little bit of intel? Like you were just there last year. Can you give us some, like some hacks or some cheats on, on what they're going to do? Like, do you, do they come to you for that? Um, I think so. Probably not in the last few years, because I think uh, the turnover of, uh, of players has been pretty significant, but I think so. I think um, when I kind of the first time I ever played, uh, I, I could tell you um, a bit of a funny story. It's probably not answering your question, but I remember when I first played against the uh, West Coast Eagles, it was at the SCG. And I think you might have lined up on me, Scurry, that day, actually. Oh, no. um, I don't like this. I don't like where this is going. No, no, no. But I got to my um, – and I was rucking that day, and it's probably the first time I've ever rucked against um, you know Nick Nat and my old, and my old team. And uh, I literally go to my locker with my bag as I arrive to the ground and I open my locker and there was a, a playing card of Nick Natanui signed by Nick Natanui. Wow. And I don't think I don't think it was Nick. I don't think it was Nick, but I think it was one of the boys and it was like, oh, I'm going to put my knee in your throat today. <laughs> and I've just, and I'm like, that's the first thing that I've looked at when I've opened my locker to play West Coast. And I'm like, Oh God! What, who's done this? And to this day, I still don't know who put that in my locker. So, wow. um, would would uh, have you had access? But in answer to, to your question, team? I think yeah. In the lead up to the games, they they kind of throw you to meetings and stuff like that. But I've never been the biggest footy head and or, or massive on you know uh, structures or the technical aspect of the game. I don't think you probably ask. Ruckman for you don't ask Ruckman those sort of questions to be honest, mate. But um, yeah, you kind of get thrown a little bit. You you kind of know, I guess, how guys play. Probably some players kind of ask you, or you know, what's he like, or you know, um, you know, give the ball to Scully because he can't kick that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> 
Sorry, mate, you just broke up. We didn't quite hear that uh, last bit. Um, uh, now, I learn something every week. This is what I love about Backchat. When I'm doing a bit of research and not looking for dirt, I just wanted to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Your old man, Alan, played for St Kilda and Fitzroy. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, so my dad played, I think he would have played probably maybe 40 games for for Fitzroy. And so I was, I actually grew up as a Fitzroy supporter. Wow. And then my dad, yeah. And then my, um, so mate, all the young guys in the team wouldn't even know who, who Fitzroy are. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. Like I go, oh, I used to go for Fitzroy and they go, who's that? And I go, well, Fitzroy used to be an AFL team, believe it or not. Um, they wouldn't even know the uh, Brisbane Bears even existed. But yeah, my father played. Um, that's kind of how I got into footy. He played probably 40 games for the um, for the Fitzroy. And then he moved to St Kilda and he played two games there, but they didn't pay him. So he ended up leaving. Uh, wow. He used to get, he got his envelope and there was nothing in there. And they said, oh, mate, we've got no money to pay her. So he's just like, well, I'm just going to leave. Wow. So, <laughs> That's a poor way to end your yeah. AFL career. Yeah. And to this day, he's always hated St Kilda because they never paid him his like, you know, two grand. With interest so, though, that's big. Uh, well, we've got a, we've got exactly a, right. So. We've got a couple of things to chase up after this podcast. Who's putting Nick Nadanui signed or signed pictures in <laughs> Cal Sinclair's locker? Yeah. And St Kilda, where's the two matches? Two matches, yeah. maybe a fair bit of coin there, Sinkers. I know, I reckon. But he, um, like I said, and then and then from there, yeah, he actually went. My father went to Port Melbourne, and then he uh, ended up playing a few seasons there. And he kind of been, he was a little bit of a cult figure there. So that's kind of how I kind of made my way to Port Melbourne. Wow, that's, that's great. That's very good. Now, um, yep, again, preparing for this podcast, just some reflections on Cal Sinclair as a West Coast Eagle teammate of mine back mm. in the day. Um, of course, it started with back chat. I mean, we were. Well, I don't think people even knew what podcasts were when we were doing back chat. That's how. That's how much history and. Um, you know, memories are involved in this podcast. And Cal Sinclair was the second host after Cale Morton, another great of the podcast. We're going to have to get Cale on. Jeez, we've got some star-studded athletes that have been yeah. on this podcast. Cale <laughs> uh, Morton into Cal Sinclair. And there was a time, um, I'm going to jump ahead to this because I think it's worth mentioning here rather than social media. I spoke to Steve Bandy, who effectively was a poor man, Dan Const. Mm-hmm. Right, you do a lot more than Steve yep. Bandy, and I hope he's listening because it's absolutely correct. But we recorded this podcast pretty much on an iPhone, chucked it in the middle. Um, we did have microphones at this stage. Did a full two-hour podcast, some of our best work, no doubt. Sure. I believe, Cal, you can tell it from your story, but one of the microphones wasn't turned on. Not, not that it was faulty. It, just, it wasn't plugged in. So we've done yeah. a whole podcast. <laughs> Steve Bandy's audio, great. Will Schofield, great. Cal Sinclair, not a word he said was recorded. So instead of sitting down for another two hours, Cal gets a call, I assume, saying, hey, mate, you're going to have to come to the club today. And no worries, come in, goes in, and he had to re-record the podcast by himself, only of his own input. Is, is, am I on the right lines here, Cal? You had to do a podcast by yourself uh, in lieu, basically. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually. Uh, I think it was more of a monologue. To be honest, um, I don't actually fully remember that. But I do. But I do remember that would be something Steve Bandy would do. Like I'd yeah. say, we were very. Um, not quite the word. We're very industrious back uh, back then. I think we 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 would always find a way. But to be brutally honest, people can laugh about that podcast. I actually thought it was good content. Yes, I actually thought we had. I actually thought we had really, really good chemistry between 
yourself, me, and Jacob Brennan, there was actually a really good mix there. And I actually think that, to be brutally honest, if we had stuck at it, and it goes back to the point you made just before, no one knew what podcasting really was back then. I actually believe if we really stuck at it, like we probably could have just blown out. We probably should have started our own back then. We would have blown everyone out of the water. There'd be no Dylan friends. There'd be no, you know, Joe Rogan. back chat, mate. We would have, we would have owned the market. Yeah, Joe Rogan comes to mind. It really does. Joe <laughs> yeah. Rogan experience. Don't worry about that. It's the Sinclair Schofield experience with Breno. We had Breno bet. We were great. into betting markets before there was blue bet, mate. We were into betting. It was just I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be completely honest. If we did an episode where one of our mics wasn't on, I'm just culling it. I, I'm whole not whole coming back in. I'm going to say, hey, we need to redo the whole thing. But I'm not going to go and go, hey, you. I'm not going to sit here by myself and read lines. And you know what? I'm going to say to you, not doing that, fix it. This is what this is what would have happened with Thumper. He would have said, hey, mate, you got to come in and redo the podcast. And I said, no. And he, <laughs> and, and he would have gone to Sinker and said, hey, mate, Scully's not coming in. You're going to have to do your lines by yourself. So that can you just brutal. imagine? You can imagine how that would have gone down. Now, other reflections of Kel Sinclair as a West Coast player. I still don't know. Um, look, we speak about global shortages in, in fuel. The prices have gone through the roof and probably rap tests now. There's a shortage there. But I've never known a man through my entire 14-year AFL career to use more tubey grip than this man right here. Cal Sinclair, the most... <laughs> the, the most What's tubey grip? The most tubey gripped man in history, if you had to put a line under his nose. Oh, Scully, check this out. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> is that a permanent tubey grip? Right. Tubey grip is pressurised material that yeah. when you get a knock on game day, um, a good knock, a corky, um, maybe a knock to your hamstring or your calf, and you put it on to, to compress it, to is stop it like the swelling. skin tone stuff that's stretchy? Yeah, yeah that it. comes you in a roll, you cut it. Yeah, Cal- okay. Cal Sinclair used to wear this stuff from Monday to Friday, uh, longer. If we are playing Sunday, he'd be wearing it Sunday. He'd be he'd be putting his footy jumper on with tuby grips on. He used to wear it on his wrists, on his arms, on his elbows, on his neck, on his shoulders, on his chest. Are you still – well, I don't even have to ask the question. You've got tuby grip on right now. Is that true, Cal? Look, Scully, I don't think I had it on my neck, my shoulders, my wrists, and things like that. Yes, I did have it on my knee. But I had it on the – this is a real problem, and this is a problem that I've got with the, with the boys at Sydney as well. I don't understand why people care so much. <laughs> it's not normal. Is that I've had – my knee swells up. I've got a degenerative knee. It gets swollen. You know, I train hard. I play hard. I get a lot of knocks. I play in the ruck every single week. I get hit on my knee. It blows up. It gets really swollen. I don't know what else to tell you people. Like, you guys <laughs> – the fascination with this tubey grip and the amount of shit that I've copped about wearing it, like I just love. I don't know a, what I don't know what to tell you guys. I wear it to try and keep the swelling on. down, and if I wear it on my days off, it doesn't harm anyone, it doesn't bother anyone. I still come to training, and I'm still my usual self. But you need to let it go, and this goes to the boys at Sydney as well. I've had enough, and I do remember. Um, I remember we were on a footy trip in Darwin, and I was kind of you know. I had a couple of shockers one night. Anyway, there were, that, this chant started on the dance floor one night and it was like, Mr. Chubby Grit, Mr. Chubby Grit, Mr. Chubby Grit. And I just, anyway, so anyway, I didn't. I never quite found it that funny. I was just trying to do my part to 
I was trying to do literally everything I could to, to stay in the side. And if that was to keep the swelling down, Scoey, I'd do it. Well, good to see that. It sounds you've... like you should be capitalising on this and getting some sort of sponsorship or, you know, like a, what's that called? The ambassador? Like yeah, a Chubby Group ambassador. ambassador. I'll tell you what I do now to the, because um, the physios at, at Sydney give it to me. So I literally, um, you know, it's probably a sensitive topic, but obviously the soft caps in the AFL have, have, have taken a fair hit for the, the last few years. And we've got this big roll of it at Sydney. And every Monday I go to it and I go, I pull out the roll, go, cutting into your soft cap demo. And, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, and uh, they all just shake their heads. So, I love um, that case yeah. in point, not only at West Coast, but this has followed him to me. So I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with Sydney and West Coast, Cal. I think it's your problem to deal with, mate. But I'm, part of my brand. I'm glad. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I'm glad you're looking after yourself. Now, back into serious uh, reflections. So there's a couple of funny ones for you. You work your way onto the list as a rookie player. You play a fair few games in your first season. You consider. Uh, Consolidate your role. Consolidate. Consolidate. Why did I say consolidate? Consolidate your role as a ruckman at West Coast. West Coast start playing some good footy and Adam Simpson comes to the club 2015. You play a lot of games. You play in a grand final in 2015 against Hawthorne. Um, what are your reflections of of uh, of that period of time in your footy career? Yeah, like I kind of, at the start of that season, um, it's obviously me and probably I think Scotty Lyson at the time that we used to, literally try and beat the shit out of each other at training to kind of secure that spot. And you obviously know how Nick Nat was a superstar, so he was obviously taking that number one spot. So I kind of saw there was a small gap in the side for someone that could kind of pinch hit for Nick when he went off the ground and contribute up forward. So I was lucky enough to kind of secure that spot for, for I think I played almost every game uh, that year. Yeah. Um, but, mate, it was amazing. Like, to be at that, uh, at that time... Um, you know, you've probably done it a few times, but to be on the top of the ladder while living in Perth and playing for the West Coast Eagles, like it's an unreal ride and literally every week was sold out. Um, and then when you got closer to the kind of the finals and like, like I, we were dominating teams, like particularly coming uh, at home, like it's bloody hard to beat West Coast at home, particularly at Subiaco with the, the unique shape of that ground. But to play in a grand final was just, Mate, like I couldn't. I remember playing that prelim. I literally just could not believe, that, like, when that siren went, that in seven days' time I was going to play in a grand final. And um, to be brutally honest, like, I, I reckon going to that granny, like, I was so excited to, to, to be out there. But at the same time, I, I, on reflections of it, which I haven't really spoken about too much, I probably didn't believe that I was probably good enough to, to be out there. Um, I, I was kind of in real dis- disbelief that I was kind of um, playing in an AFL grand final because, you know, 12 months before, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting to stay on a list. And, um, yeah, and then unfortunately, like, you know, we know the story of that day, Scoey, it obviously didn't go down too well. And it was, uh, look, I look back on it, you know, it's not the greatest memory, but at least you can say to people that you've played in a grand final and you're, and you know what that experience is like. Like, yeah, like it would have been fantastic to have won. Um, I've never watched the game. I've never looked at any stats from that game. I've never looked at any articles, never looked at anything. You know, if it ever comes up on TV, I just turn it off. Um, if there's ever a picture from that day, I just turn away. So it's probably a little bit scarring, but immediately kind of two days after that, I was kind of finding out that 
I was probably going to get traded to, to Sydney. So I kind of got over it pretty quick, to be brutally honest, because I had another focus to, you know, sort my life out. But um, no, it was un- the whole experience was just absolutely unreal. You know, playing in Perth, uh, having the whole city behind you. Um, it was so much fun. It just would have been awesome to have just come back to um, come back to Perth on that plane with a with a medal around your neck. But it wasn't to be. And, and you know, you boys did it. You know, three years later. And you know, I'm not going to lie. Sitting at home watching that, I was extremely jealous. And um, you know, and obviously seeing guys, I'm really happy for for guys that uh, that played in that 2015 to you know get some redemption and get a well-deserved medal. So I think I sent out a few texts to the boys just congratulating them, but uh, I'm still on my frantic search for one of them. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's interesting hearing you talk about it because I went through a lot of that. I mean, 2018 was probably, you know, gave me the ability to be able to go back on 2015 and look at it. I don't think I did before we actually won one. So I, I know how you feel in terms of that. Is there anything that specifically that you regret or would take back from either the preparation or game day or how you were feeling coming into that game i know you haven't thought about it and you avoid it but i mean here's your chance right here on the back chat couch um oh i probably just would have i probably would have done a bit more probably work on kind of just a bit more self-belief um you know I, i kind of was it wasn't that you know i wasn't um happy to be out there I, I, I probably just would have fired myself up a little bit more um i was probably i probably felt like a bit of a passenger in that team at the time i kind of felt like you know you had josh kennedy and michael Carr, um jack darling in that forward line and i was just kind of like you know pinch hitting where i could and playing a little bit of role there and then you had you know nick nat the superstar in the ruck so um you know i was desperate to make an impact uh, but obviously coming off the bench and stuff it was really, really difficult on the day. Um, you know, we got absolutely obliterated, mate, on, on, um, on that day. So it wasn't, it wasn't an ideal, um, an ideal to game to be kind of coming on, on and off the ground and to be subbed out of a game uh, in a grand final. And I, I know we, we touched on it before about, you know, we, we had a bit of a laugh about it before, but in all seriousness, like, I just absolutely was, you know, blatantly humiliated, like wearing a red vest, you know, watching your team getting absolutely smashed by um, a very, very good Hawthorne side. Um, so when that siren went, I was just like, took that red vest off and just threw it, you know, right down because it kind of just signified that you just really had no impact at all on the game. So, um, yeah, I probably haven't really talked about it too much. Um, like I said before, coming in um, back to Perth, you know, within a couple of days, you know, there's a trade to Sydney on the table. So my mind just completely just was in, I was in, I was in absolute all sorts. I just didn't know what was going on. I'm dealing with the emotion of a, of a grand final loss and, you know, having no impact and feeling a bit embarrassed about how I played to be really honest um, to then kind of, um, you know, being uh, provided with an opportunity to, to move to Sydney in a trade with, with Lewis Jetta. So, um, it was a bit of a whirlwind of a couple of weeks, but if there's anything that I would change, um, probably just my mindset, probably just be a bit more relaxed going into that week. I was severely stressed, hardly slept. Um, you know, I was really worried about, you know, not contributing to the team and, and, and things like that. And I was probably worried about my spot, to be honest. Like, even though I played every game, like every single week, I'd go into um, that team meeting just 
the first thing I would do would be like, look where my magnet is because <laughs> I um, never, ever felt comfortable kind of um, in the side. But um, yeah, I probably danced around a few topics there, but that's probably my summary of how I felt about it all. Well, I'm just looking back at actually that um <clears throat> that final series of, of 2015 and like leading up, you had some good games like leading up to that grand final. So it's interesting that you think that you weren't sort of, you didn't feel like you were sort of good enough to, to play in it considering the, the lead up to that. Because you had like, you played yeah. a significant amount of game before it. You had good, you know, disposals and hit outs and stuff as, a, as the second yeah. ruckman there. Well, I probably, I, I knew I was going, I knew I was going to play that final series. Like I wasn't naive, um, naive about that, but um yeah, I don't know. I think when you just kind of, you know, it was probably only a couple of years prior that, you know, I was struggling to get a game in the in the VFL at Port Melbourne and then you're um and then you're running around at running around the MCG with a hundred thousand people there. So um yeah, like I said, I probably just would have liked to have felt a bit more comfortable in the situation. So um mate, who knows, you know, I've got a good opportunity um at Sydney still and you know, hopefully can can break in the side and yeah, ma- maybe get back there. Who knows? Before we move on from West Coast, I think it's important. I know you haven't dealt with it, but I feel like I'm helping you deal with it. So, so you don't perform how you want to on grand final day. I don't think I'd be speaking out of school if I say that. You don't have a kick. You have three handballs, hit outs. You're a backup ruckman, though. You don't play even half the game. You're coming off the bench to basically um, tap out Nick Nananui, who has two kicks or three kicks himself. So... Between two Ruckman, you have three kicks on game day and it's just not the impact you want to have. That's fine. That's happened. I mean, you can't really do much about it. Does that performance um, influence you leaving for Sydney? Because at the time when I was playing, like I knew there was talk about you you know, getting offers. You'd had a great season. You'd, you'd done a lot of things as a backup Ruckman. Um, does the way you perform that day influence you in thinking, well, you know, maybe I do need a fresh start or a new opportunity? To be honest, not really. Like when I, um, I was kind of in the mindset of um, when the, that opportunity to, to leave West Coast, I was in the mindset of like, mate, we've, we've just lost a grand final. Like I've had a shocker. I, I want to do everything I can to like, I don't know, get back. Like, like you know, I'm sure you remember, Scully, how frustrating and emotional is after losing your grand final. Yeah. Like the first thing you want to do is just like, go back to pre-season and try and like rectify everything. Like yeah. you just want to kind of get stuck back. You want to kind of get stuck back into things. But um, I was pretty rational about it, mate, as the kind of the days kind of went on. Like I think both parties were were, 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 were pretty keen for the trade to happen. Um, West Coast at the time, you know, obviously had Nick Natanui, who was obviously, you know, we've seen the impact Nick's had and I was never ever going to take that spot. But um, and then obviously Scott Lysett, you know, was obviously an up and coming ruckman as well. And I think he signed a pretty lengthy deal with West Coast at the time. So, look, I probably just felt that after that season, I'd made a lot of um, improvements in my footy and kind of, you know, cemented myself as a senior footballer at the time. And I just was a little bit worried that, you know, with a year to go on my contract, that I didn't want to kind of fall backwards and kind of move into the waffle. Um, as much as, you know, I love playing off with all those guys, but I, I really wanted to advance my career and, you know, and commercially, you know, it was, it was a good decision. I got a lot more security with a good contract. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and to be quite frank, you know, Lewis Jetta was coming from the Swans. Um, obviously, West Coast wanted Lewis Jetta and the Swans wanted me. So 
the actual trade was actually pretty simple. Um, West Coast were obviously pretty comfortable with their ruck stocks at the time. Um, and then Sydney obviously needed another ruckman and, and a forward and, and a key forward. So the, it was actually a pretty good fit. Um, it probably helps dealing with the, the loss of the grand final and, and things like that. Um, you know, your, your mind shifts to like, you know, moving cities and trying to find a place to live and make new mates and all those sort of things. But um, it all just happened really quick. So I, um, but I just thought it was a good opportunity. Um, Perth's a tough place if, if you're not from Perth. Um, I've been there four years and just thought, mate, it was good for a change, but it definitely wasn't anything against the footy club or, or the people or the grand final at all. I, I just think it was just a, a situation that you just had to make a decision on the day about what you think was best for your footy, your, footy, your family and, and your career at the time. And, and I think I made the right decision. I've heard some stories about the sort of the off-season of 2015 leading into 2016 about the way the boys sort of handled that sort of talk of the trade. What do you recall of um, certain chants and songs being sung at you uh, <laughs> during the off-season of 2015? Well, I'll take you back to the... <laughs> I think I haven't actually told anyone this, but <laughs> when, we did the, when we did the grand final parade... Um, so just to let everyone know, like I was completely oblivious that whole final series that there was even a trade on the table. So I think the both clubs kind of kept it pretty quiet. My manager didn't tell me anything. I don't, I don't think he wanted to um, rattle me going into a final series. But we're doing the grand final parade and I'm sitting next to Elliot Yo in the back of the Toyota, a ute, and I'm sitting there and a journalist at Triple M called Jay Clark, who's obviously a pretty, um, yep. does a fair bit of radio stuff now. Yep. He came up to me and he just kind of does the interview about, oh, mate, obviously, how good is it with the crowd here? Looking forward to tomorrow, yada, yada, yada. And his last question he asked me was, and have you given much consideration towards your future about moving to the Sydney Swans? Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I just, and I just paused. I was just like, mate, are you talking? Do you know my name's Callum Sinclair? Is there someone else you need to talk to? <laughs> so I was like, I just sat there in the back of this van for about a few minutes after it. And I was like, oh, nah, I, I don't know anything about that. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he just walked off. And then I just kind of sat there and I just kind of thought, this is, that's a really weird question. Like, fair enough, like, if they ask you about your contract or your future or something like that. But it was about a specific club and my move to that club. So I was kind of really rattled. I just couldn't really uh, – I was like, that's really bizarre. So the night before the game, I'm sitting there and I'm going – that's a really weird thing to say, and anyway, but I didn't think too much of it. And then Monday morning, got a phone call. You know, lost the granny. Monday morning, got a phone call from my um, from my player agent, and he just said that this opportunity is on the table. And uh, I'm like, well, that's quick. I know I played. I know I played bad, but I've still got a year to go on my deal. <laughs> anyway, so um, I was I was just oh man, I was in all sorts. Anyway. I was like, mate, just let me go through this kind of like, we had a bowls day on the Monday. I said, mate, I said to him, just let me get through this day um, with everyone, blah, blah. And, and you guys know what Perth's like. Uh, mate, there's no such thing as a secret in Perth. Like I literally turned up there, played a game of bowls, and we're, I think we're playing a silly game closest to the ball or something like that. 
And when it was my turn, the whole club started singing "Cheer, Cheer, the Red and the White," <laughs> and I, I did not tell. That's and this brilliant. is in front of coaches, oh staff, and this is like within forty-eight hours of losing the granny, and I'm sitting there going like, "Oh my god, like what have like how do these people know?" And I'm like. Did all you guys, all you guys, you know, on this, like, you've known this for like months, like, I didn't even know. It's the Truman Show. um, That is brutal. Anyway, so, um, luckily, people, like, people are pretty good about that stuff these days, but at the time, like, I was completely rattled and and took it to heart that, mate, players, um, you know, leave clubs and things like that. But I think, I think Scoey and I think Chris Maston were were one of the big leaders of that song. Um, do you think, I remember. So I don't remember that. Sorry, I do. I do remember it, you taking it to heart, and I definitely feel bad about yeah. it. Well, I felt bad about it at the time. I don't now because I mean, shit happens. We all different stuff happens in our life, and you've clearly landed on your feet finally. I mean, you're still playing AFL, and I'm here doing a podcast, so <laughs> it's just you're doing all right for yourself. <laughs> do, do you think? I mean, it's it might be hard or easy to think that now, but like, did that have any effect on you on the grand final day? Like that's a bit of a grenade. Like a well, we've got things on. to follow up. Jay Clark's get that's media watch. I know Jay. Yeah, from, that's that is. He's from Geelong. That's brutal. I'm, I don't we're like following. That. I don't like it either. It's, you sound. You said, said it stressed you out. You're, no. you're obviously thinking about it. Honestly, I, I actually thought he like got his wires crossed, and he like <laughs> I honestly have no bad feelings towards him at all. Like no. it's yeah, completely yeah. fine. We'll I actually, I'll actually, I'll yeah. look back at it as a bit of a funny story, but. Um, it all worked out for the best, but um, when I um, when I when I kind of found out, I'm like, oh, like far out, like he he must have had some inside mail or something like that. So yes. it was completely fine. It didn't really um, it didn't really rattle me. I'm, uh, I'm not going to like draw um, what's it like uh, yeah. connections to these two things, yes. but it's like it just reminds me of the journo that dropped like the Daniel Chick stuff, like right before the grand final, like. Yes. Pick your timings. Rita, when you're going to ask these sorts of questions or drop these stories, like it seems that's you know. Anyways, um, no, it's true. You're on the money now. I've got a couple more questions. You mentioned there <clears throat> the Lewis Jetta, Cal Sinclair trade. So we spoke to Jets here on this podcast as well, which is a good one. So you end up at Sydney. Um, so you've come from a list with Cox, Natanui, Lysett, and you've been able to forge a career out of that. Uh, like add those three names to these are these are ruckmen that you've played with um, across the journey. I think there's been a few more, but guys that you were directly competing with: Tommy Derricks, Darcy Cameron, who's now at Collingwood, Joel Amati, who's still at Sydney, Sammy Naismith, Tom Hickey, now uh, Peter Laddams, he's there now too. I mean, you've never Mike been. Pike. Didn't Mike didn't Mike Pike retired the year that Sinker got there, so don't worry about Mike Pike. The Canadian. <laughs> Kurt Tippett as well is a good one. There you oh, go. That's... Yeah, I mean, Kurt Tippett. So, like, <clears throat> you'd speak to some guys, I, I, I don't know, like a Dean Cox, I suppose, for most of his career, he's the guy. I mean, he starts with Michael Gardner, but then Cox is the guy. And, and you'd look around the league at different... You've never been in that position, really. You've been, you've had to fight for your spot. You know, you're getting, you're getting kicked back to the amateurs <laughs> when, you're a, when you're a junior, and then you get to West Coast as a rookie, and then... You get to Sydney and there's battler. competition. Yeah, no, no, you're saying battler. I've been a battler. I'm a battler. Sinker, not a battler. But like, what's that dynamic been like as a ruckman, where every week you've got a you're competing with these are your mates too. You, you're not not everyone's your enemy on the list, you know, because you're competing for a spot. What's it like competing with your mates for a spot every single week that every club you've, you've been at? 
I'm probably a lot better at it now than than, than what I used to be. Like, um, it's it can be really difficult. Like the earlier part of my career, like you're on one year deals, so you kind of feel like every single contest you lose that you're gonna like, they're gonna kick you out of the footy club. Like that's kind of like the mentality that I had. Um, but it can be it can be quite um, yeah. Like you have to have that level of competitiveness. Like I remember my to get my first game. Um, at the T2 training at West Coast, like, mate, John Worsfold said to me, um, and I really got along really well with Bushart, but um, two days before my first game, he said to me and Scott Lysett, like, put your shin guards on. Like, you guys are going to ruck against each other at training. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is just um, – I'll actually backtrack, actually. So my first year at um, West Coast, so I think um, the Eagles kind of had a – Back when you had buys, I think there was a buy, and I don't think Scotty had played that well. And there was a bit of talk about me playing um, the following week, and 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 Scotty getting dropped. And just by pure coincidence, both our waffle teams that week were playing each other. Wow! <laughs> and I was great. like, oh my god, it was it was like a it was, it was a ruck off, like it was like, <laughs> oh. And the West Australian, they had it like, you know, this week's ruck off. Who's going to play round three? Sinclair versus Lysett. I'll never forget it. And, um, yeah, I was playing for Subiaco here for East Perth and, mate, we were just going at it and things like that. And we ended up having the exact same possession count and one goal. Like, we had 16 touches and one goal. It was just like, uh, it could have gone either way. But, um, Mate, it can be tough. Like the intra club, I've always thought that intra clubs are the most competitive times of the year. <laughs> like, yeah. particularly like those ones leading into round one. So, um, mate, there's we had a ruck coach at, at Sydney called Stephen Talbot, and he said, you know, if there's no claret amongst the ruckmen over the preseason, then you're not working hard enough. So, wow. um, every preseason, there's always going to be an elbow that that, that, that uh, slips up to to the uh, to the nose of the other ruckman. Um, accident or or non-accident yeah who knows but um but it can be hard like you know you obviously um i mean you're in a team you can't have four ruckman running around or you'll be at the bottom of the ladder let's be brutally honest yeah correct <laughs> i mean that's that's the um, other thing it's it's one spot it's not like being a backman where you've yeah. got six seven with a man on the bench like you've got one if you're lucky two, two and, yeah. and then the two isn't a ruckman the two yeah. has got to be able to play forward you spend a fair chunk of time on the bench you know, the, the Ruckman is like the wicketkeeper in cricket. You, you, mm. you can't play other roles. Like, that's that's your role. Um, you yeah. Gotta, yeah. yeah you I, I've just, uh, I've always admired it from afar because I, I've been in similar situations pretty much my whole career as well as fighting for your spot and selection and, you know, that angst of that, that story you told with looking at the team sheet or the magnets on the board every time you come into the team room. I, I felt this, the same thing my whole career. It was like, especially with poor communicators at times, or if there's other things going on and the coach doesn't have a chance to speak to you, you're walking into the team room literally not knowing if you're playing or not. And and some guys would never experience that in their career. These guys are the captains and all Australians and leadership group and, you know, which is great, high draft picks. I'm not sure I understand. Shut up, Siri. Um, <laughs> but, but you don't... You don't get to experience that as a great you know player, but guys like me and Sinker, you walk, you're literally walking into the room looking for your name. And then sometimes they haven't been updated. Sometimes they've left a magnet on the ground. Sometimes they haven't spoken to you and you're not up there. And and it's a it's a shocking feeling. Hey, Sinker, it's not a good time. Yeah, 
No, it can be definitely hard. Like I, I, I probably, um, I probably should say, like I, I had, a, I had a, a couple of years there where I was probably like really the only healthy ruckman on the Swans list. So you know, it, it was, and and I, I, I was quite. Um, I, I, I played, you know, every week for you know two or three week, uh, two or three years there because obviously we had um, Sam Naismith who was injured, and obviously Kurt Tippett retired, and and then Curvis obviously um, left to go to Richmond. So I was kind of like the last one standing out of that group and it was still a really really hard thing to shake to like um you still kind of would i don't know what it is like you'd still kind of go into the room and still kind of worry about um your your, your magnet not being there um even though that you were the only ruckman there so <laughs> it's um i don't know it's a bit of a probably a bit of a um yeah i don't know probably a bit, bit of the story of my journey you know obviously like as a junior i was never always tried to make teams and I got a lot of setbacks and things like that. So you kind of always um, prepare to prepare for the worst sometimes, but um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of players that feel like that's going. Um, that's just the nature of it. You know, it's a, it's a bloody competitive environment, which I'm sure that, you know, and, you know, even in, you know, key position spots, you know, they seem to get highlighted a lot more. And, you know, you obviously played um, key, uh, you're a key defender as well. And I do remember, you know, those like yourself, Eric McKenzie, Mitch Brown and, and, and Tom Barras at one point, but, you know, you guys can't all play in the same team. So I think the game is so, like, specific these days. Like, even the wingers now, like, you start to look at the wingers when you're at a footy club and you're like, oh, you know, there's only three or four wingers at the footy club and he's gone down, who comes in to replace? So I think every other um, position on the ground is slowly becoming, um, you know, really, really kind of publicly competitive. Yeah. I'm going to sort of just put my psychologist hat on for a second. Ooh, and um, okay. I think it might take you back to your days of being in plays and stuff, you know, like, am I going to get picked for the part? Maybe you've just carried that in your entire <laughs> life, walking up to the sheet to see if you've been selected. Oh, mate. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm still angry at my uh, theatre teacher for putting me as a tree in the background rather than <laughs> speaking wrong. <laughs> That's uh, a true, true story. Yeah, Tall tree. Um, well, but it's saying that, in saying that, like when we used to get selected for the um, for the first footy team, you wouldn't even know. You'd have to wait for the coach at, at school. He'd literally hand write it and he'd put it up on the sports notice board and everyone at recess yes. on a Thursday would run. Yes. They would run to the notice board and they would go and see their name and they wouldn't even talk to you. Like you'd, you'd have to find the school the, – the, the footy coach at school and be like, Mate, where is he? Like, they wouldn't even speak to you. You just had you either in the reserves or even in the um, or in, in the first 18. So um, it was, uh, I remember that. As soon as recess, I used to run and just go see. It's probably a childhood <laughs> trauma thing, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, right. We're just dealing totally. with all the big issues. Here, yeah, that's right. Mate. Just yeah. cry if you need to, man. It's oh, all good. I, wanna, probably, um... I, I, I just want to say, I'm probably coming across as a bit of a weirdo and a bit of a, um, you oh. know, Hard done by, but mate, I've had a great time and it's great fun and I love it. So haven't please, thought that once. Um, I, hope, I hope I hope I'm coming across as um, mate. You'll, fun. you'll come across as how you come across, yeah. but uh, but it is worth noting you're not coming across as a weirdo. It's just your, your journey, mate. It's good. It, it is worth noting as well. You did have a good time, um, specifically in 2013 and 2017, because in 2013 you were nominated for a goal of the year, oh, and 2017 mark of the year nomination. That's pretty big yeah. for a ruckman. You don't see ruckman on those lists. No, well, I um, my goal of the year. I've got a funny story about that. It was my second game 
kicked a snap from the boundary and you never see a ruckman kick a snap from the boundary from about 50 out. You just don't see that these days. Anyway, <laughs> but I kicked it, could not, you know, when you kick it's going off your boot and you just know it's good and you're like, oh, this is going. Yeah, right. all this the time for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the first person I turned to was Josh Hill and Josh Hill goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was funny. Oh, I laughed my head off. And uh, I, was like, I was like, I don't know. It was a great goal. <laughs> it was a bit of a mongrel, to be honest. I watched the ball go through it. It's, it is, it's, got, it's like sort of going everywhere, but it was a, a good snap. You've got to from... take a goal yeah. with shin pads on as well. You would have kicked it straight off the shin pad, I reckon, Sinker. Yeah, so um, that was pretty funny. So I like Josh Hill. I always got along well with Hilly. And, um, but, uh, mate, the mark of the year, yeah, it wasn't, um, you know, one of my uh, one of my better marks, but um, you know, I'm sure you know definitely wasn't a worthy winner that one. Oh, geez, we've had a few, have you? Like, no worries, it wasn't one of my <laughs> also, marks. also, I would just yeah. some highlights, you know, for you. So you've had nine Brownlow votes in your career. Oh, nothing to sneeze at. Hey, for for a ruckman, you know, it's very good, it's very good. But in 2018. You had five Brownlow votes in the space of two weeks. So the majority of your Brownlow votes came from two weeks of your career. Do you remember those two rounds? Like, must were they specifically special for you? Sizzling. You must have been absolutely Round sizzling. 11 and 12 in 2018. Yeah, well, if I just share my screen, I'll just share with you the highlights from those two. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I, I reckon, it, yeah, I probably had a... Um, had a couple of weeks there where I think it might have been the St Kilda, St Kilda when I versed Tom Hickey. Um, One was against Carlton uh, as well. I couldn't, I forgot to yeah, get the I second. Think Carlton the week before. Yeah, that's so, right. Um, yeah, like you know, far out. I had a little purple patch there for a little bit, but um, you know, probably like when you, when you played long enough, you know the the footy gods take care of you every now and then, but then, and then sometimes they don't. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really are non-existent. Well, and, uh, well no, brown votes. Oh, Brownlow votes. Oh, I've had some. I haven't had zero. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a backman, mate. Don't worry about these ruckmen, mate. These ruckmen, I'll tell you what. I know. Just like midfielders. I know, I know I'm the guest, but I, 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 do, I should mention Scoey um, in 2015. And I've always actually thought about this. Right. And I, I, I honestly have always thought about this, but Scoey doesn't get enough credit for his role in 2015 playing fullback because. At the time, Eric McKenzie was at the peak of his footy career and he sadly had um, a knee injury. And then Scully was probably playing like second, third tall um, defender. And then Mitch Brown literally went down like a week later. And you probably would think on paper that, oh, mate, like the, the, the defence of the West Coast Eagles is... Is, is absolutely uh, depleted. But, oh, I remember. I honestly, mean, I honestly mean this, Scully. How you held up in 2015 um, as the literally only key defender and we finished on top of the ladder to get to the grand final was actually an amazing effort and I don't think it gets spoken about enough. There's no question there, but look, I'm just going to be silent <laughs> and let you, let you just ring my praises. I mean, you're not and the I've first got, person to come and say that. I've got another place. story. We were playing Sydney and... Scoey, I never forget this, Scoey. You said to me, I said, oh, we're playing Sydney um, in 2015 at Subiaco. And then you were like, 
all week you're like oh my god i'm playing on buddy franklin and i'm the only key defender like i've had a sleepless night Nightmares. like you were nervous about it <laughs> Nightmares. Blah, blah. yes anyway i literally i remember simo saying before the game because you got the team sheet all right boys <laughs> literally said all right boys we're all good buddy's out <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget looking at you and I could literally just see your shoulders drop and the, the weight of the world was off your shoulders. But I just thought it was the funniest thing from a coach to just come in and be like, you know, I'm probably putting a little bit of mail on it, but it kind of came across like, boy, boys, boys, we're all good. Buddy's out. <laughs> oh, he was like an absolute peak. I know, man. but what Siggers is saying, right, it's like so so in a team environment, everyone would have known I was playing on Buddy that week. And I, and it would have been, you know, I mean, Buddy played on – I played on Buddy in 2018 and kicked eight goals. So if that gives you some sort of recognition, and that was probably getting towards the back end of his career, 2015 is <laughs> yeah. primetime Buddy. Yeah. Um, Everyone would have been a bit scared going into the game that day. Scully on Buddy. It's going to be a big way to finish this game. Well, <clears throat> I can tell you what. I remember that too, Sinker, and never been happier in my career. <laughs> Lance Franklin's not someone you want to be playing with one-on-one. I remember Simo. Simo was, Simo was happier than me as well because Simo knew as yeah. well. Simo knew the matchup was not good for West Coast Eagles. We had, we had all sorts of things in place. Sinkers would have been have to be back in the hole as a loose man. It, it would have been a disaster. But uh, we probably won that game as well, didn't we, Sinker? No, we did. We actually had a really good win. Um, just a couple more to finish off, mate. Um, uh, two, two, actually. Uh, one, just a statement, uh, yes or no. Um, apparently, you owe a staff member at the West Coast Eagles their DVD set of Frontline. Um, apparently, you haven't returned that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good show. Is, is uh, that true or uh, false? I, I was lent a DVD. Uh, but, there's probably young guys in my team that wouldn't even know what a DVD is, to be brutally <laughs> honest. But, um, yes, I... Um, have you given, no, have you given I, I feel horrible because when I, I got when I got the flick and I got traded, I literally chucked everything in like a container and got sent to thingy. So it's probably still in a box somewhere at home. So oh. I will get to that individual. Very good. Well, Ben Roberts wants his DVD back. Um, twenty Good afternoon. Yeah, very good. Um, couple of <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> couple of incidents during your career. Um, one was stretcher gate. I don't know if you remember it. You were you were playing Brisbane for Sydney, oh, yeah. and late <laughs> in the game, you went down with a knee injury. Um, very late in the game, with a very close game, momentum in Brisbane's favour, and the game was halted. You were on the opposite side of the ground, not impacting the play, and the entire game got shut down to uh, stretch you off the game, uh, off the field. Uh, the next morning, you were photographed having a run down down at the park. <laughs> 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 I there? don't think that part's true, yeah, yeah. but so, um, a bit of mayo, a bit of you were at a trampoline um, park just jumping around. Yeah, I was doing plyometrics. <laughs> Tell us what. Uh, were nah, you injured? Were you injured? I had a slight hyperextension of my knee, but um, I don't know. I didn't feel uh, it. Just didn't feel great for about. You know what it's like when you do it when you hurt your knee a little bit. Like you just go to worst case scenario. But um, I didn't call for the stretcher. So people yeah. can people can put it on me all they want, but I'm you know I didn't pull a cell phone out of my sock and say, oh, g'day guys, can you get the stretcher out of here? Like they just you know pulled it out, but I didn't actually. <laughs> hang, get on. On the hang on, hang on, hang on, I walked it off. Hang on, you just reminded me. I'm pretty sure you were playing for West Coast. Oh, were you playing at the time when um, Simon Eastow, the ruckman, the ruck coach, was phoned from? The, were you playing for West Coast then when the phone was produced 
at quarter time to ring Eastie on the phone. I remember him speaking to Nick. Were you in that game? Nah, that was the year before me, I think. So, so the, the the phone out. So quarter time of the game, um, Simon Eastow who's now been coaching around the league for a little bit. He was coaching Nick Dananui and didn't get flown over for the game. Couldn't quite get him into the coach's box. So illegally, it was it was sanctioned by the AFL, as in um, they were fined. Someone's just pulled out a mobile phone and chucked him on the phone to Nick at quarter time. So Eastie was just watching at home on well, the, the vision. Hey, mate, this is what I've seen. This is what I've seen Sinclair doing. Uh, you won't want to fix this. Anyway, that does remind me of that. Last one before we get to social media, powered by Cameo. You and Chris Judd, all good, mate. You're, you're buried the hatchet with um, with Pinhead Gate. Don't worry about Stretcher Gate. What about Pinhead Gate? What's, what's happened there? I mean, it, it came up a little bit. What's happening? Well, this is a story. So I played the best game of my life. Like, I, I, I was so happy. I had... When I was getting interviewed by Triple M, Channel 7 after the game, and I'm just on cloud nine. And I'm three thinking, votes, three votes in the brown low. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to relish in this uh, opportunity just to enjoy it and get on to Triple M. And I think, I think the question was something like, mate, well done. Um, well, do, well done around, um, around a terrific game. And do you get nervous at birthday parties when there are balloons around? Something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Because I've got a pinhead. And um, I just gave him one back. I just kind of said, oh, mate, well, mate, at least I've got a head of hair. And But what do you – this is the thing about footy. It's really hard to have comebacks with those kind of people because they're absolute superstars. So no matter what you say, no one's ever going to like. You know what I mean? Like, Side with you. Think yeah. I felt comfortable enough to give it back to Chris Judd because we went to the same school and we had a bit of a laugh. And I've been interviewed by Triple M a couple of times post that, and um, they always seem to to bring it up and they that, they share the footage, um, share the audio again. But um, yeah, no, all in good fun. That's great, love that. Now um, we're going to let you go in just a minute. Um, we finish off always with social media. I'm sure this was around in OG back chat days. It's where the fans get to ask you the questions. It's powered by Cameo, thanks to Cameo Australia. Are you on Cameo, Sinker? Are you, you doing any shout-outs on Cameo? I've done a few. I'm, I'm, um, I'm familiar with the Cameo platform. It is one of the best platforms going around, so thank you to Cameo for this um, for this segment. I'm really excited. Very Sinker knows what's up. Dan's on there, actually, Sinker, if you're looking for um, you know, a potential, maybe if you're looking for a gift for someone, perhaps. Yep, I could say happy birthday, how you doing? Just confuse them, I'll make sh- them confused. I'll show know. you my feet. Do you pay me for that? <laughs> no, no, you're paying me nine ninety nine. It's on there. Just search. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Short for Decker. Um, how is shifting across the country to join another team, especially one that was a bitter rival for West Coast? What are some of the reasons players make the move? Was there fan backlash on social media? So, yeah, that that rivalry that Sydney and West Coast had. What was that like going from club to club? Was that a thing for you? Not really, to be honest. Like, I didn't really. Um, but I, I wasn't a, like a high profile enough player um, for people to really care, in my opinion. Um, well, I, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, I, I've been a role player my my career, so I think when it's like a really high profile player and they move clubs, people seem to start, um, you know, getting pretty angry and frustrated. But um, no, I don't think I didn't arrive there, and there wasn't too much rivalry chat about it all. But um, I was actually quite surprised. Like, I was really anxious about getting a lot of, like, you know, people hating me and having a go at me. I, I would have taken that lot to heart. But to be honest, a lot of the people that kind of um, 
that reached out and even randoms on social media are actually quite nice and quite polite about it. So um, I don't know. I'm probably happy to see me go. Okay, very good. Now I'm going to give Short for Decker a couple of cracks at it. Okay, yeah. go. Because oh, I like this question. This is a this is the second actually. one there. It's a bit of humour, yeah. Okay, so Rock, Rockman often get a uh, bad rep as the simple men of the team, mostly from backmen like Scoey, who know they have the most elite position. Yes, correct. Now I see why you wanted to give him a second crack. Uh, what do Ruckman think the easiest position is? Uh, do you know? Do you know the other spots? Do you know the other? There's other. <laughs> there's other players on the team, mate. Um, there's the Ruckman that does the tap outs, and then there's everyone else. To be honest, every Ruckman I've ever met generally has a higher IQ than kind of anyone else. And uh, anyone else on the on the ground, but just I don't know what it is. I think because we're a little bit slower with our coordination compared to you guys. Um, in answer to your question, the easiest position on the ground would be uh, sub half back, yeah. half back, half back. Yeah, half back for sure. Yeah, I mean. Half forward's not a great... I would think like a forward pocket. Like uh, you just, if you don't do anything, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it does. You get... Nah. Yeah. But this is the issue. If you're playing as a forward, you're getting tagged every single week. You're playing as a defender. You know, you just got to punch the ball and you get three votes. Pretty simple. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's no three votes coming out of the backman <laughs> and you know that, Sinker. Don't be silly now. Rob underscore Dinsdale underscore. Love the underscores, Robert. Uh, thoughts on Coxie becoming a senior coach in the future? Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier before. I think he'd be a really good candidate. Like, I've seen him um, really grow his growth from, you know, from when he first started coaching to, to where he is now. And he gets better and better every year. He's got a really good balance of, um, you know, communication with the playing group. You know, he's obviously a bit of a character, which we all know. Um, but I think he's got that balance really, really good. I think he definitely, I'm not too sure if he, has those kind of aspirations himself, but with the way he's been coaching the last few years and the, the level of responsibility that he's undertaken at the Sydney Swans, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if that was something that he'd be considering. And um, I think he'd be um, a terrific candidate for sure. You don't see many too, like too many ex-Ruckman become coaches. That's uh, yeah, it's probably fair, and there's a big reason behind that. We just spoke about it in the last <laughs> question. Um, Bray and Ethan, um, up-and-coming podcast here in Perth. I believe you've had a bit to do with those boys. They've got a couple of good questions okay, here. Um, Go with the first one. Yeah, what was it like having the West Coast Eagles media guy act as you in a, the team photo? Now, before you answer this, Cal, <laughs> this this is the uh, missing uh, frontline DVD person. Oh. So, so Ben, ben <laughs> Roberts good. played Cal Sinclair in a team photo, correct? Mm. Yeah, he did. I, I, um, I fractured my finger at training and I had to go straight for surgery. And then he, uh, Ben, was kind enough to fill in. Um, yeah, it, I don't, it was quite unusual. I just saw a little bit of extra skin uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the top region uh, <laughs> popping out. Um, wasn't as much definition in the arms, but uh, kind of looked like I hadn't done a preseason. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I saw the photo. That, that's, that's pretty accurate. I had yeah. I had a little bit to add to that. Um, ben Roberts has played me in a team photo as well. So yeah, it's not uncommon. Yeah, right. Benny Roberts, he's kind of the guy that was in the in the staff that yeah. had a body that close Slightly enough replicated resembled. something. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Dan Const with uh, his body. What's this team else. photo used for? 
Like, oh, is it for every, posters? Everything. Po- yeah, posters. Right. The, the signing posters, basically. So someone at home has a, has a poster on their wall absolutely. or had one with, with Ben Rudd. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, two more to go, Sinker. This is from prowls.com.au. Uh, who's the last bloke who you've played with that you'd take a shot 40 metres? Sorry. Who's the last bloke you've played with that you take that you'd pick to take a shot forty meters out? You're right, mate. Yeah, Do you yeah, want a hand so reading that out? It's, re- it's written beautifully. You okay, <laughs> that uh, was a tad cryptic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I was, as I'm reading it, like who's why the is last this who's the last bloke you'd pick to take a shot forty meters out from goal that you've played with throughout your career? The last guy, uh, Nick Smith, for sure. Yes, mate, he'd go out in the go out in the full. Sweet. He had. Um, what a mate, a fantastic player, all Australian. Mate, he was a glove as a defender and awesome to play with. Um, one of the most unusual ball drops um, I've ever seen. And I, I, I just, mate, stay in defense, Smitty. You're a fantastic <laughs> defender. Do not go into the 450. <laughs> That's very good. All right, we'll finish it off from Bray and Ethan uh, back on the podcast, lads. We, uh, we enjoy some of these questions. Do you want the, the second very or third one? one? No, the very last one okay. because there's <clears throat> a little bit of a, you know, this is, sure. this is pre. AFL Cal Sinclair. This is media started a long time for Cal Sinclair. I believe this is the beginning. Okay. Uh, talk to us about the shopping with Sinker vlog at Leadville IGA. It's been fantastic to catch up with you guys. I've, um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on the show. Tell us about you've it, been, mate. You've, you've been super. Tell us. Oh, like, look, I'm giving you guys so much detail. Look, long story short. One of the one of my close friends, Michael Genovese, is actually the nine uh, Channel Nine yeah. US correspondent in Perth. Yeah. He's a close friend of mine. Name drop. He kind of he was Big starting name. out his uh, journalistic journey in content. He needed something funny to do for the Subiaco Footy Club. Scoey, you would know. I'm always a good sport with those sort of things. I just get along. Um, and to this day, it's found its way to the Sydney Swans Football Club. They've all seen it. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so what is it? What anyway, is it? T- tell us what it is. People from back chat probably doesn't say. It's what like it? it's like I don't know. It was like we went to an IGA and I was talking about what it takes to be an amazing waffle player, and <laughs> um, we went through a shopping list and we started buying items, and it really offered no value to any sort of <laughs> consumer at all. It so are you like picking just, fruit or something? It's, it's like, this is what I look for. It in sounds like or? you know the price is right, Larry. Uh, Larry and and he's, yeah. and he's and they do the golf one and they have to name the prices of uh, each yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it sounds a bit like that. A little bit of prices right with Cal oh, Sinclair. Charlie's just, got we're, it up we're in actually the just having a bit of a look at it. Or in the in the Subiaco oh. Polo, you're just having a look through the deodorant section by the looks of no, he's in the dairy. Oh, he's in the dairy. Oh boy, I will say, you you're a high-low guy, apparently. <laughs> Let him defend himself. <laughs> People take themselves really a lot. They take themselves too seriously, and um, I'm pretty sure at the footy club, you can't have everyone at a footy club all be the same. So you've got to have lunatics like myself doing completely weird stuff for the players to talk about. And, you know, I'll play that role. I've done it a few times, and, you know... I think those are the kind of people at a footy club you need. You need to have a few Fruit Loops running around. Definitely. I agree. Scotial Media, thanks to Cameo. That's Cal Sinclair edition. If you're not on Cameo already, Cal, I'm going to send you some stuff. I'm going to get you over there. That's it for the episode, mate. Um, Really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you said you're worried about how you've come across. I think a great journey in footy from a rookie-listed player, playing in a grand final, you know, etched your own career over in Sydney. You're still on a list. You've got a chance to play. Sydney's right up there, Dan. I know we sold 
a few people on a sole t- few teams this year, yep. but Sydney's a big chance this year. Cal's still so on the list so. there. We appreciate your time, mate. Understand you probably got some tubey grip to chuck on those legs of yours, and um, yeah, you get back you get back to recovering those knees of yours, mate. Nah, thanks very much, guys. And mate, Scoey, fantastic to to see you, mate. And uh, congratulations on all the um, all the success post your career, mate. You've done uh, done a terrific job. This is, I mean, this is the uh, this is the house that Sinkers built, really. Mm. Back chat. You no, we to, thank you. We're going to give credit where credit's due. Sinkers, I know you know this, but if you want to find us on socials, backchat double underscore on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can email us at hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can jump on the website. Sammy's done a good job yeah. on the website. Redone. New one. Backchatpodcast.com.au. What am I missing? I'll read it. Are we are we we still doing Reddit? It's still happening. Yeah, TikTok as well. Yeah, TikTok. I've, I said TikTok. Listen up, Dan. You got to listen carefully, buddy. I know I go through it's a bit. You got to listen very carefully. When you start talking, sometimes I just yep. You listen very carefully. <laughs> if you're not a patron, sign up, and most importantly, ticked over the thousand listen uh, thousand watches on YouTube. Thanks for all our subscribers. If you're not subscribed and you haven't watched this episode, it might be watch it. Might be worth signing up, subscribing. Because you get to see the Tubi group on Cal Sinclair's knee. It's bloody worth it. Bye-bye, Sinker. Been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Catch up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.